Hello and welcome to this episode 18 of the Northern Invasion podcast. You're joined by myself, Stuart West, and we have with us Scott Smith. Howdy. And Liam Watt. Hello. And we also, very shortly, will have Nathan Watson. Insert clip here. Hello. (laughs) I'm a posh Glaswegian. (laughs) Here for the banter. So it's uh it's the middle of February. Um we've we've had a a a mini episode if you like last last uh week with the two um competitive souls the youngsters uh straddled their tandem and <laughs> sailed off without the old folk um in tow and and chatted some good good tactics and we heard from from Liam about how how Nagash rules all. Um, so we've had some good feedback on that. So well done with that, uh, Liam, and well done on your victories. Thank you. Um, so what have people been up to, up to since uh, I think our last episode was just before Hammer? Um, myself, quick hobby update. Um, trees, I had a bit of hobby burnout. I, I painted too many bloody dryads and all sorts of other things that I'm never going to use again, namely Spite Revenants, because that was just, uh, yeah silliness um so i kind of i've not done much i've sprayed 10 bases of wildwoods um today um so i'm hoping to get those done this weekend uh and then i'll start building the trees over the next couple of weeks and get them done before um follow the old world but i've spent a bit of time um going through some some uh fiction so i finished the soul wars and it was uh, a phenomenon i was really happy with that it was a great book um i think i've been through realm slayer again um i'm currently three quarters of the way through neferata and ridiculously as well three quarters of the way through the callis and tall silver chard book i don't normally read two books at once but one of them's on an audio book and the other one's like a, a physical one so depending on how i'm feeling or what i'm doing i'll do one or the other and I'm enjoying both of them. So the Callis and Tall one's the follow-on from the City of Secrets, um, which was a really good one, which is the the witch hunter and the the um the free guild guy. And um the Neferata one kind of jumps from the age of myth to just after the Realm Gate Wars when Nagash wakes up and he's punished is punished her for allying with um uh, Sigmar's Stormcast, so it's about her trying to regain her power. It's really good fun. Uh, it's a good a good one. But that's it, really. Apart from that, I've been uh, trying to absorb the content of Chaos Battle Tome Skaven and Death Battle Tome Flesh Eater Courts because there's a lot in there. We're not gonna go through those right now. We're gonna we're gonna absorb it and. We are anticipating some FAQs. We might touch on those later. I don't know. Depends. Depends how <laughs> how drunk or ranty we get. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a lot in there. So I've been going through those. What about yourself, Scott? Well, what have I been doing? Uh, well, I had my, had my Nurgle at um, Hammer and didn't do particularly great with them. So they're sort of back in the box. Um. But it was always a plan to get moving on something else. So I did some work, uh, sprayed up unit of 30 witch elves, which is still, I'm still 
in the mood to do these guys because I spent a bit of money on them. So speed up unit of 30 and did a quick test model on one of them just for myself, just very quickly, just to see what, what colours. And I've gone kind of pretty much uh, box art wanker on them. So um, just to see what, how quickly I can do it and to make it look semi-decent. So How long um, did it take to do the one test model? Um, less than, well, I wasn't, I wasn't going particularly quick, but it was less than an hour. Um, oh, that's all right. And how, it was, how many different colours is it? Well, I try, I try, that's the that's part of the plan is to try and keep it tight <laughs> the colour because normally you end up with like thirty pots of paint on the yeah. desk and you're like, this is daft. Um, so I'm trying to keep keep that tight um, and using it as to, as a way to think, well, what colours do I put on first and how can I make this ultra quick? So, yeah, yeah, take home messages: which elves are slower to paint than plague bearers? <laughs> <laughs> and also ghouls, <laughs> which we'll come on to. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it because it's, it's a different challenge in that sense as well. It's like Nurgle uh, and Flesh Eaters, which I did before, which you know we'll come back to again. Is uh, they're both very quick armies. You can be very messy with them. You can be and you get away with it. You know, you can just slob the technical paints on and be it blood or Nurgle's rot or rust or anything, and and they they hide a multitude of sins and. Whereas the witch elves are, I've never really done anything elfy before. Um, I've tended to, to steer clear of the, the good guys, but these are obviously not so good. These these ladies, they're a bit naughty. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can get a bit of blood on them as well. But so yeah, that's 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 a that's going to be a medium burner, which for me is probably means a, a slow burner for everybody else. So, uh, and with the new book, the new Flesh Eaters book popping out all of a sudden. Um, this this and all the leaks and pictures started to appear, the rules and stuff, and realizing what a lovely power boost they've got. This got the this got my flesh eaters army out from the loft, which was um, mostly flare based army. But I do have uh, quite a few options as well around it that I, I picked up sort of two years ago, um, and I've topped up a bit obviously with a new box set. So built the built the arch regent tonight. Um, he they that came today, so he's lovely. Um, Quite, quite detailed, great pose, and I've got some looking at more ten more ghouls here as well. I'm just going to try and base them up as well quickly. So, for me, relatively productive to be honest. I don't tend to do that much in a, in two weeks. So, um, hopefully, to keep that going. But I've been also you were talking about audiobooks, and it's not AOS, but I've been listening to uh, Horus Rising and False Start on oh, yeah. halfway through False Gods on the audiobook, and that's the first five. The first five uh, of those were phenomenal stories. So good. I mean, I re I've read the books, but not not for about five years or something. So, getting back into it, there's things you've forgotten, and just the it's just different on an audiobook as well. The kind of dramatization of it, and yeah. it's just ah, oh, they're just they're just excellent. Just kind of fundamental fundamental lore. I I used to love the uh, the Horus Heresy ones. I remember I was uh, I was I was I went back to uni about must be about ten year ago now, and they started coming out, and I used to have to fly from from Orkney down to uni once a week and uh, I read them exclusively on the plane and I got <laughs> up to book 23 or 24 wow. and then I lost my way because it, it started to it started to just uh, was like get 50. really convoluted yeah it's like 50 so, but, or yeah I mean I've played since I was 16 so that's <laughs> wait, 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 25 years ago or something 20, 25 yeah yeah 25 years ago it's the last time I played a game of forty k. And um, <laughs> how old are you, Liam? Me, twenty 
27. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was two. Um, but yeah, so that. But I've played Kill Team once uh, since then. Mm. Uh, but I do love the, the 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 lore and I love the stories, and I do try to keep up to date with it. Um, I have a few models kicking about, but um, but yeah, the the Horus Heresy books, it's great. Um, I'm waiting for it to take a couple of steps. It, it progressed really well, quickly at the beginning, and then yeah. suddenly it just gets broader and broader and broader. Well, they're but, kicking um, off the Siege of Terror now, aren't they? So that'll be... Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I made there's, it back in. There's, there's a book cover that I've seen a picture of. It's like an <coughs> Imperial, Imperial Palace with lots of uh, like Primarchs and I think there's even Titans in the background you can see up on the ramparts. You know, It's like a ridiculous, vast kind of concept picture um but it looks uh, so that'll be kicking off and they'll make they'll milk that for a few years mm. which will which will mean it'll be awesome yeah it will be good so yeah. so is it just one narrator or is the is it a dramatization i've not no I've not it's, it's just one guy it's i don't know if he just does the trilogy or what but it's the it's one guy and it's so he, he has got different accents and stuff and different yeah. ways of doing it and it's, it's brilliant uh-huh, it's good I'm I'm torn with my next one. I've just got an email from Audible saying I've got a new credit, and I'm like, ah. So I don't I don't know what I'm going to do. I was, I'm half tempted to go to the Dark Tower stories, which is not even not even Games Workshop based. It's just back to the old uh, Stephen King thing. I got up to about I think uh, Wolves of the Caller was the last one I read, so I never read the last ones. Um, but I'm, I've, yeah, there's something something there I'd like to go back to. Anyway, what about yourself? Uh, what about yourself, Liam? Hobby-wise, I've been got back into painting my deepkin this week. That's kind of I bought my first ten frawls, kind of pretty much fully uh, base coated with wash. Just got the highlights to do on them. I was building a soul render before, obviously coming on tonight. Uh, just really enjoying them at the moment. Uh, just gaming. I'm kind of not really doing much otherwise. Yeah, it's all done. So at the moment, I'm I'm putting my night haunt on hold until uh, I've got more free time on it. Rather than I'm enjoying painting my deep kitten at the moment because I've I kind of got a big gap from them from December due to the FAQ not altering death uh, in any way. So it allowed me to keep playing what I was playing. Um, just obviously in the uh, audiobooks, I'm just into Soul Wars. I just finished mm-hmm. the Undying King. Which, even from us obviously talking about on the way down to uh, Hammer, obviously I was saying the the narrating uh, wasn't the greatest, but I got into it in the end and it was quite cool at the end where Nagash just comes to power. And yeah. It, the problem is it, it gives you lust for units that he doesn't have in his army, <laughs> like dead ogres and the blood dead dragons. Trees. Blood dragon and things like that, soul trees and things like that. He's got heaps of things that serve him, and I hope yeah. the the main female from it. I hope he actually gets her in the soul blight book that looks to be rumored. Yeah. That'd be quite cool if we got another named Mortark, because obviously that's what she becomes to him. She becomes she's, one of his nine. She's she's mentioned, isn't she, in Soul Wars as well? I don't know if you've got to her yet. No, uh, I'm not. But they uh, talk about the Queen of the Rictus Mortark, in the yeah. north. Yeah. Mm. So oh, I think it's really nice. I would actually quite hope we get another Mortark from a soul, uh, from whatever death book we get. I'd quite like us to get another one because we've only got the four out of his nine, and obviously Kral died. Well, Kral's gone, 
So we're still kind of what missing four faces. She's obviously one of them, which I don't know if she'll ever get a model. And then you've still got three to get. That'd be quite cool to see the final three. Mm-hmm. You might get some uh, from the what they call the endless deserts. So are they called the the um, the Tomb King sort of esque type idea? Mm-hmm. You never know. Yeah. So we we have we have mentioned yeah we have mentioned earlier uh, before we started talking about the the corpse mare stampede which is a, a fine looking model and he attempted he attempted for that yeah I'll pick it up at some point but uh, I don't know if it fits into my death list at the moment uh, I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna drop pendulum uh, for now which gives me back two command points at the start of the game instead try that I think mm-hmm. uh, for a while not sure still kind of Humming and haying. I kind of would really love to take my deepkin to fall the old world, but that would kind of be rushing them, and then I wouldn't get the satisfaction of having them fully painted and my story written for them for uh, Northern Invasion and that. Well, a, there's a, a semi-narrative um, uh, I'm full event. Narrative. Full narrative. <laughs> You're all about the narrative. You all can about, go all I in am, narrative. Honestly, all, all I'm narrative. Uh, the army is obviously a labour of love sort of thing. I've always loved going to the the next level with conversions and things like that. And obviously I kind of did a teaser in uh, our obviously Scottish WhatsApp chat. I'll probably actually try and get an image out on Monday or obviously work in progress Wednesday on my Twitter and my Instagram account for the podcast. I'll try to get something out for that to kind of show off what I'm working on. Hopefully people like it. Yeah. Cool. So... Well, Nathan's Nathan's driving at the speed limit back from work to his house, <laughs> so he can't provide us with a hobby update. So while we wait for him to, he's just been cautiously. Copying, that's what I've heard. I heard he's just copying what I'm working on. I think so. Uh, he listens to the the master, obviously, the true master. Oh. <laughs> I think that the student became the master last year. Yeah. You'll have to you'll have to dethrone him if you want to give him some chat. So while we wait for um for him to um to make his way here do you want to talk folks through our february rankings update scott can you take us through the top 10 maybe yeah okay let's do it let's do it so yeah two events gone so not not huge shocks or based if you've listened to who's won what and who's done well um so let's see where are we number 10 well this is quite good matt rennie so he's uh, uh he's he's done well in his two events with his his not quite netless deepkin but dirty, turtle. dirty turtle, deep kid. Yeah, I've heard about this turtle doing filthy things to people. <laughs> uh, we'll maybe have to record. talk about that at some time. But uh, apparently, um, if you if you stack certain commands onto this turtle, it does some filthy, filthy things. But maybe maybe Nathan can tell us about that later, unless you know about it, uh, Liam. Oh, the Voltronis's command ability on stacks on it. I think he had it at plus nine attacks at one point in the high tide. I think he had more than go. that, didn't he? Anyway, he, he dirty did the turtle. He did the his dirty think, turtle. Unfortunately, when he was playing a uh, fellow uh, Aberdonian, he uh, obviously the tar- uh, his eel decided to shock a Rathmonger, which oh, yeah, then decided to right. take it out on his turtle uh, and make it hit itself and kill itself. It ate itself, didn't it? The yeah, turtle. swallowed yeah. itself whole. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> didn't even touch the sides. 
<laughs> so Matt's doing well, number 10, and that's okay. So it's plus eight places compared to after Tempest. Also rising eight places to number nine, Mr. Stuart West. Oh, <laughs> don't think I'll be there too long, guy. <laughs> so the trees. better than your uh, Tempest uh, performance. Yeah. She's doing well. 30 spites, that was the thing. I think it um it did me no favours at Tempest, 30 spites. Getting rid of them and switching to Harvest Boon made a difference. Good stuff. So that's uh, that's ninth, eighth place uh, against Duke starting well the year, Kev Lowe, with his uh well it's been it's been Gav Gav Charge. Eva Kira. Supercharged. Yeah. Supercharged show heart. Supercharged sure heart, uh, but he's moving on from that as we've seen pictures of it. We'll not, we'll not talk too much about that yet. Um, uh, seventh place, so this is good for him. Mark Roberts, so he's he, again, he's he started well, he's up eight places. Uh, with his so he's done two events with Seraphon, so that's good to see for Scotland. We don't, we don't see many Seraphon up here. Um, number six, the master himself, Nathan Watson. That's quite a big jump now. So that's like up to, that's about a thirty point gap between seventh and sixth. So, <laughs> but he drops a place. Um, don't need to talk about that. I don't need yeah, to look at the points. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, slightly ahead of Nathan on hundred and well, almost hundred and forty nine points after two events. David Nemeth. So, yeah. So uh, we're entering the top five with uh, the first of our Nagash lists from his his two events uh, of the year. Um, Fourth place, again, a strong start to the year, Craig Graham. So he's um, one of the sort of newer players. He did quite a few events last year, but maybe sort of faded away from a few. But he's come back strong this year, and he's been pushing the gash around. Yeah, he switched to death. Was he he Sylvaneth last year? No, he's starting Sylvaneth. Oh, he's starting on Sylvaneth. He said he he sold the Sylvaneth army as well, but he's he's now starting another one, so... (laughs) Um, what did he play last year, Liam? Uh, Stormcast is what he was Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah, he did have, I think he was at Tempest last year with Stormcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, top three, so moving into the, the creme de la creme, we have uh, Captain Callahan at number three um, with his, well, he used Iron Jaws at the last. Did he use, did he use two events with Iron Jaws? I'm no, just one. No, just no, he one. went back to Stormcast. Oh, of course he did, because he beat me at the last one with Stormcast, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this Leffy Blonde is strong, goodness me. Um, so Mike's in at almost 160 points, third place. And then second place, again, the top two looking very familiar compared to last year as well. Uh, but Lee Martin, second place, so no change. 170 points. Uh, that's with two Slanesh lists. So waiting for the book to power it up even more. Lee's found a nice rhythm with these guys. Um, already, so I uh, felt the pain. I felt yeah. the pain at the uh, the last event. So yeah, he's he knows what he's doing with them. Mm, he does, and that leaves Liam number one. But that's no surprise, Mister Mister Two Events. Yeah, hundred seventy six yeah. points. So holding on to number one spot into twenty nineteen and through the first two events. So well done, Liam. Yeah. Obviously with Nagash, so that's three Nagash lists in the top five. So that's definitely the theme for the start of the year. Can I can I just point out as well that I am currently top of the AOS fantasy um <laughs> rankings. Um where a, a shout out to the chap that's organizing this. You had to choose was it five or six players? 
out of last year's rankings that totaled a certain amount of points. Um, And then basically each month um, there's a leaderboard of all the people and it's like a fantasy football team. And uh, and I picked a wholly uh, Scottish-based team um, and I'm currently at the top. I think it's probably because we've had two two events, although one of them's ranked. I don't think Hammer's in there, is it? Oh, he's he's not submitted yet. I don't think they've been submitted, so it's only the Tempest ones that are in there. But that's that's probably one of the bigger events that have took place. It's probably the biggest event that's took place so far. So it means that all the boys from um, from Scotland who placed well, um, uh, <laughs> quite high up in the the UK rankings at the moment. So um, so so yeah, I'm flying high in February. So we'll we'll see how that goes after a few, a few of the big majors down south. But uh, yeah, at the moment I can I can bask in my own glory. <laughs> oh, there you go. So uh, although I'm I'm propping up the bottom of the team there, I think I'm the lowest one of the lowest scorers. Me and you, Scott. Well, I haven't yeah, <laughs> played one event, so but yeah, I'm, I'm in my usual spot. One win and two losses. But anyway, I'm just really trying to find. I I've done some more tables, so try and just keep a a few different extra things this year so you can sort the results by kind of um, by allegiance um you know sort of average points per allegiance so far and total points oh, i found it now here we go but it's it's, it's kind of meaningless after two events but um obviously the army that scored the most or the allegiance that scored the most after the two events is obviously grand host of nagash um there's five results in there five armies in there um, um but if you do the average and it gets it's, again. There's not quite enough numbers here to make it any any sort of meaning yet. But um, actually, the top average army is Legion of Sacrament um, mm-hmm. with 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 two results, and they're they're averaging well almost eighty four points. So Grand Toast Nagash is just behind them seventy nine. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a few lots lots of ones in there. Um, but the most yeah, <laughs> looking down the, the the biggest numbers there are uh, Deepkin. There's seven results in there already from the from the two events. Um, so fish are very popular. Obviously, the the, the master leading the light there. Um, corn with five stormcast turtles though they're the most popular so far. They've they've had nine armies um, in the in the two events. So, and what popular. sort of stats do you pull out of that then? I've just done like average um, average score based on okay. each of those nine players' results. Obviously, if, you know so. Uh, it's probably the same person playing Sacrament twice. I don't know. I've not looked at it in detail yet. But that would JP? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, there you go. So Stormcast, again, that's, that's probably... Good. That's about right. You get you get everyone playing Stormcast, don't you? We can get nerdy in October and really start drilling into the yeah, stats. Yeah, exactly. Good. And I'm trying to keep... Uh, get the matchup results as well. So, I mean, this is something that I submitted to LLV for his global stats, but yeah. I'm going to try and keep it local as well. Because um, he only... Um... He only stat. He only does the five games and yeah. above, does he? Yeah. But he does, is yeah. taking three games for uh, versus allegiances. I think. Is he okay? I think I heard him saying, "Yeah." I haven't done so the be hammer ones yet, but I'll, I'll pull them off tabletop and send yeah. a wee spreadsheet on. But I'll keep it myself as well. So, but you, uh, a nice little thing to keep in, keep an eye on. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Thanks for that. So, um, talking about hammer. Which was the the last event that um, I think that well we've just said that Liam won there um, quite comfortably, um, but there were three 
unbeaten lists, weren't they? So do you think it's I think it is worth us uh, just just going through them very, very briefly. Um it'd be good if uh if you can give us your thoughts on them. And I think uh Nathan's just about to join us as well. He's um he's is is he's, he's, he's logging in. So he'll be here just in time to to go through. So I'm gonna pull up um TTO. Um if you guys can as well, that'd be grand and we'll uh we'll have a quick look at the top cool. three lists. Yep, got it. So do you want to take us through number three there then, Scott? Do you want to read through that one? Okay, so number three, Craig Graham. I'll just view his list here. So he has Grand Host Grand Host and Nagash in Shaish. Nagash the General, obviously, with Overwhelming Dread, Pinions, and Amaranthine Orb. He's got a Vampire Lord who's on a flying mount with Balefire Lantern and Vile Transference Spell. Necromancer with Fading Vigor. 40 Skeletons with Spears. 2 times 5 Dire Wolves. 10 Chain Rasps. 30 Grim Gas Reapers. And a Portal for 1950 and a Command Point. I remember us saying that this was pretty similar to, uh, to Liam's. Do you want to talk us through the differences, Liam? between this and your list? Uh, I have, obviously we're different realms. Uh, I don't actually need my realm for an item. I just take uh, the Belfire Lantern as well. Uh, yeah, you said Shaish, but he's not got anything in there, is he? He's just a, is he just, no, is that just, just a theme? The death, yeah. It's just, it's just all about <laughs> uh, the narrative. He's a narrative, having, yeah. Having the Vampire Lord uh, to obviously my Guardian of Souls. Uh, the Guardian of Souls obviously synergizes a lot more with the Grim Gas, allowing them to retreat in charge. Uh, and also having his ability to make you roll the one dice charge if you're within nine of him. He's also ethereal, so he's obviously uh, worth four up save. So obviously a lot I can hear myself already. Uh, obviously, uh, giving him that extra spell from the, uh, the vamp, uh, Lord of Vamps instead of uh, having the Guardian of Souls spell. He's uh, instead of taking the uh, endless spells like I have for the extra damage for Nagash, he's also he's taking a chain rust powered unit instead. Mm-hmm. Still finishing at nineteen fifty uh, with that. Uh, as as we've slightly talked, obviously, I think he's moving away from death altogether. So there was no real. We obviously had a slight chat about changing up stuff so that you could get more helpful stuff. Um, helpful combos like dropping the orb I, I've dropped the orb from my list just because I don't see it doing uh, what I needed to do it's too random on the four up I feel uh, even with the portal trick of it flying 30 inches across the board yeah, for uh, people people that don't know it's it's similar to um, one of the line of sight ones where you draw the line um, but every unit that's passed over by the line, it only takes damage if you roll a four plus. So mm-hmm. it, it can do a lot and it can do nothing. So, yeah. Sorry, yeah. on you go. That's all right. Uh, looking at, uh, I says obviously putting Fade and Vigor on the gash instead and giving the Necromancer uh, Soul Harvest was the other idea. So that if the Necromancer does start to take a few wins, he could obviously. If he was next to the portal beside Nagash, he could obviously use his Soul Harvest to heal himself, or it also gives Nagash another heal uh, by obviously chucking him through the portal. Yeah, so and and the um, the Vampire Lord there, 
I suppose he's there and he gives the plus one attack. So do you see the benefit in that? Because that'd work on your Grimgast and things, wouldn't it? It would, but he's only got one command point and he's not taking the Ether Court's approach to try and keep that spare point. Uh, obviously, so turn turn one, he's going to have two command points. You're going to spend one in the Gash's command ability. You kind of always want to have one in the bank to use Endless Legion. So you just kind of never have the spare point. You have the spare point if you're winning the game. Like if you're in a comfortable position, you know you're not going to lose your Grim Gas or your Skeletons. You know you don't have to then use that command point to use Endless Legion. You can obviously put the hurt on by either giving the Skeletons or the Grim Gasts an extra attack, which is obviously the better option. But again, without the ability to get more command points. Again, as we were saying off the chat, every book, every book now has a built-in unit that just goes, oh, command points every hero phase which is just obviously making that a lot harder it'll make it i think we'll start to see a, a harsh change in armies that have been since aos2 having that abilities that allow them to just get command points for free while these armies before that have to kind of either take less points to obviously try and get the triumph can as you well give us or, an a, give us an example of one or two so the warp seer in skaven gives you d3 command points uh, i think on a four up yeah, uh, if he's the general, does he have to spend a command point to do that? Is that a command ability, or is he that doesn't need to be the general? Does he? I think well, he just. I, I think it's just my ability. I think it's uh, uh, he gets one and then D three on a six plus. Hello, hello, welcome. Who's the chat? That was a fair trick you did there. <laughs> I just popped so, yeah. out of a novel to answer your question. So, <laughs> if, the, if this model is on the battlefield at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice on a 3 plus, you receive the extra command point. On a 6, you receive D3 instead of the extra 1. Uh, I believe they've also got an item that if they spend a command point on a 5 plus, they get it back. And then there's a Quartz approach as well. And then so there's a Quartz approach, so they can double it up. And obviously, Flesh Eater Quartz aren't spending command points to do their command abilities for summoning because they can sit around a throne or the trait that allows you to do it for free. Uh, Gloom Tide have, Gloom Spite uh, Gits have, again, so much versions of where if their models are general, like the Loom King, uh, he allows you to just get points for free. A trend with the new books, then. It is. It's, it's unfortunate for, like, Nagash. Everyone feels sorry for him. It's it's unfortunate for those books that came out just before the book, and then uh, even Nighthaunt. Nighthaunt don't have access to it without the Ether Court brooch, but Stormcasts have a well a whole elite uh, chamber that's designed on stacking its command points by on a four up get another one, and then when you spend one on a five up, you get them back. There's a lot of those. Uh... The thing they get through with it is there's a lot of things in their book built in to prevent them having to even take battle shock tests in the first place. So the the gloom spike gets if they're in range of their shrine thing, mm-hmm. their battle shock immune, and then there's the a couple of abilities in the Skaven book I think where if you're wholly within I think yeah, one of them is wholly within twenty six. Yeah, yeah, it's wholly within twenty six. One of the vermin lord, yeah. Um, they're immune to battle shock as well. Holy within twenty six, a big range. So mm-hmm. they've got all these command points, and they don't even need to really use like inspiring presence and stuff. 
no. a lot of movement shenanigans so they're either setting up nine away or teleporting somewhere else on the table so they don't need to run the extra six inches a lot of the time as well so I don't know that's a bit weird I think they're, they could end up with more than they could spend it just it, it just gives them such a strong advantage in the realm of shadow <coughs> the realm of light uh, trying to think of another realm that actually has a good command ability even the even the realm of life, where you could use just stack the commandability, allowing you to cast a spell more times than you normally would be allowed. Uh, realm of fire is pretty poor, obviously the setting something on fire. Uh, realm of death, you've got where wild you get attacks. Set mm. the wild woods on fire. I wouldn't like that. <laughs> could do, but it's on a four up. That's a problem with it. Yeah, you don't want to burn a command point for a four plus. Yeah, but again, so, when you have unlimited uh, use of them, then why yeah. wouldn't you? you're not doing anything else with them. The Realm of Death, where you can just keep healing your general or getting extra attacks on units in a combat phase, because they've got less models than they started with. So, so for your benefit here, uh, Nathan, what we're doing at the moment is we're just talking through the top three, the, the undefeated three lists from Hammer of the North, and we're on Craig. Ah, Craig right, Graham, so we're on Craig, Nagash. and we got to Skaven through Craig Graham's list. Nice. Uh, we, well, we were just talking <laughs> they about ta- they his, got it, his they limited. Got that tangent. Yeah, basically, he's limited uh, with his one command point. So okay, okay. he's, he's going to be wanting to use that on the gash, is what Liam was saying. So it's not going to be sticking it onto his vampire lord, which is the the difference between um, the their two lists. When yeah. we come on to Liam's list, I suppose we'll we'll see how that's slightly different. But yeah, then there was. Um, Liam does blame us for going on to that, but I th- <laughs> you might you might have started treading that path for us. So so Craig's uh, Craig was running the uh, the big man, um, and a pretty solid solid list. We did talk about the differences between Craig's and Liam's before the event, so um, it's good to see him up there. Um, do you want uh, to go through Le- uh, Lee's for us, Liam? Sure. Uh, so he has uh, Allegiance to Slanesh. He has the Pretender's Host, which allows your general to take two command traits instead of one. So an Exalted Greater Demon of Slanesh as his general. Has Devotee of Torment, which is the minus one to be hit in combat. And then it's the Lure of Slanesh that's the six-inch pylon. Is the correct way around? Yeah. One way or the other. One or the other. He has Gur Strike on it this time instead of the Dimensional Blade. Uh, I think there's a quite a bit of chat on the differences on one being more successful and doing more damage against a five up save more than what the other one is statistics hate them chaos sorcerer lord uh, on a steed with rune staff uh held a slanesh on a steed two into 30 demonets uh two into five health striders with spears and shields uh, and obviously with their uh, banner and then unit of nine fiends and uh, coming in 1940 which gives them that free command point Strong yeah. list, yeah. Uh, I played a similar, obviously, had the rend blade before, which is more favorable against myself. I think it was in obviously Stormcast, but I think he was the Gur Strike is more consistent against most armies that he deals with or hordes and things like that, which the Gur yeah. Demon just chews through quite quickly. Yeah, is he like six attacks at twos and twos and? Compiling twice, yeah. yeah, it was pretty pretty devastating when he came into me with that when I played him in at Hammer. It was a yeah, it was an eye opening experience. I, I I expected him to be 
pretty fragile, but it was it was difficult to. It is a very fragile model. Once you can hit it, it's just getting to hit it before it hits you is quite hard because obviously it's normally not going into combat. It's got a six inch pylon, so it doesn't care. It just stays away. It doesn't then chart pylon and attack until it wants to, which is after the unit it's obviously going to be attacking has already either charged or piled in normally, if it's lucky. And then it just piles attacks twice immediately and which will be a common thing coming uh, soon. But uh, then just obviously does so much damage and then hopefully gets a lot of depravity if it's versing the right thing and then can summon uh, some useful stuff to obviously help him win the game. But I don't know if he's had much luck with the depravity yet. I think he just keeps versing people one wound units. Yeah, um, against my my army, he didn't get that much. Um, he didn't bring on much, to be honest. I think he brought on a harpist, something like that. Yeah. Um, but obviously, the, the the bulk of my my force was dryads and things that are mm. one wound models. He, he rubbed his hands together a bit when he uh, when he hacked down Durthu and then uh, turned around and and slapped about the uh, the hunters. But again, he. he he didn't need it to be honest. I think uh, I think he he pretty much took near enough everything I had off, um, and I I did hee haw to him. So it was quite a, an eye opener, and and he uh, he did give me some good tips afterwards on because uh, he's he's got a, a bit of experience playing with the trees. Um, I did I did come close at one stage in doing well, but no, it's. Um, it was. It didn't go my way, um, and all the eggs were in in the one trick, and it didn't really work. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty solid, and and it's good to see a list that you don't often see, and a force you don't often see performing so well, and and having options like this. Do you think we'll see a book soon for this? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think Something the book here. will do more damage to them than making them better than they are now. They'll be different. They'll be different. They'll they'll take the edge of a couple of daft things. There'll there'll be a lore. There'll be all sorts of stuff, you know. They'll lose the Greater Demon. They'll lose the Exalted. But the new Keeper is going to be souped up. There'll be a a character version. A better point version. I think they'll find a slightly weaker Exalted and like upgrade the, the one they've got now and kind of find a middle ground. Yeah. Um that six inch pylon is probably quite good for the meta now that we've seen the feck book. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't like it before, but a six inch pylon could be quite good against something like them where they can freely retreat and then pile in six inches yeah. with a monster that strong. So maybe that would be alright to stay around. Um Dunno. I think it'll be good. I just that I think that right now you don't see it enough to really prepare for it. You can't meta against slanesh because they're not they're not kicking about as much and if you don't understand how some stuff works it's really hard to deal with i wonder if they'll change depravity at all i wonder if that'll be a thing they've already changed it once haven't they so yeah have they yeah i think they had um depravity they've never had that did not update it no no, AOS 2 was its first summary. So that's it, right, okay. Oh, no, it was well, Corn got updated. They changed Corn, yeah, yeah. They, they, they changed Corn. And I they think will. that's also why the Corn books way come out, because I think their way to get rid of the Blood Type as it is at the moment, where 
I think they'll lose all their pal in charge abilities from Blood Type, and that'll be something else now. I think they might just put it in an actual phase instead of making it interrupt your opponent's turn and yeah. all that jankiness. Yeah, like no, if they can crazy. just fix if they can fix the sequencing of that, then I think that that would be quite cool. Yeah, I think that there is a trend where we're in uh, sort of like uh, inferring earlier that there's a trend with the newer books that um well you're not you're not seeing weak weak books coming through i think that, yeah I think, well i mean each each one that's come out is is very strong in its own right how long it lasts at the top of the tree is going to be another matter because i think each book will have a counter to the previous power <laughs> So, I, don't, I, think, I don't think that's bad though. Like, if you want a no, balanced I'm game, not, play not chess. That's that's as close as you can get. Like, I think I, that uh, sort of rock paper scissors approach to a game like this is, is good. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's bad going. in any way. You're yeah. just saying that we don't think that any uh, any duff books are going to come forward. And thank God, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Beast Claw Raiders was an absolute <laughs> flop. Um, I still remember wanting to do the Moo Clan because it looked really strong. It was a couple of monsters and loads of Moon Clan and stuff. And then that book came out and just absolutely wrecked them. Yeah. So, see, I think Again, I think Beast Claw was all right of its time. The problem was we suddenly moved to objective-based missing missions where where you needed bodies on the ground and yeah. the whole they book was designed right around. It. Yeah. No, they came they came out after the first Generals Hand. Yeah, they came and out then, after Sylvaneth and before Bone yeah. 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 Again, there was a, even even the Fire Slayers book wasn't great. It was obviously once they got their General's Points. Handbook 2 update, they were obviously, when they got their own abilities, that's when they become really good. And I think that's a problem with uh, right now. Is like you say, the, obviously these two books come out this weekend and they both do something very different to the scene. But I think they really deal with each other so well. Like I think Skaven shoot, the, shoot Feck off very quickly but on on the on the flip side if Fett get to go first yes. and close that distance and get into skaven then it could be all over very quickly as well mm-hmm. i had a moment to like there's been a lot of talk recently about sequencing and things happening at the same time at the start of the combat phase at the start of phase end of a phase and i think once they tidy up it's actually a great thing for the game like how often the people said you you go i go doesn't work I think it's quite good that we're able to interrupt your opponent's turn and it, it's more interactive to play when like you're not having to wait a full turn before you get to do anything other than make saves and pile in. Yeah. So I think if they're they're going in the right direction with the books. Yeah. No, I'm 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 enjoying these and they're a really big read. I've been I've been devoting quite a bit of time this afternoon to uh, to going through them and flitting from one to the other and you need a bit of time to, to really absorb it all. So they're great, and they're—I mean—the quality of them—it's—they're getting better and better. It's this sort of like a, a matte finish, and you know they've got like a really glossy tactile pictures on them. It's—it's mm. uh, it's the quality of these yeah. books nowadays is is phenomenal, and the artwork in them is great. The collector's um, editions ones are gorgeous. I can't yeah. wait to get one of them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm steering clear steering clear of those at the moment, but. I'll I'll see what comes out later in the year. Something will turn my head, no doubt. But, okay, so that was Slanesh. That was number two. So go on, uh, Nathan. You've turned up. Um, you can uh, you can maybe talk us through the winning list. Have you got TTO open there? 
I don't, but let's see oh. if I can if I can oh, get it by this memory. Is list. There you go, here's listeners. This is how fast it is to look at a list. Uh, <laughs> so it's Nagash with oh. three spells. Should I say obviously because I'm talking about Liam's? <laughs> um, yeah, clearly. So Nagash, the oh mortality glass, yep. guardian of souls, and the necromancer. Mm-hmm. And then 40 skeletons, 5 Daryls, 5 Daryls, 30 Grim Gas Reapers, Pendulum, Geminids, and Portal. Yep. There you go. And I've not with, got TTO open yet. With one extra command point. One extra, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's undefeated now in eight games. So, go on. Well, you've kind of talked through this in the last episode, so if anybody yes, wants if, to... If anyone wants to listen to it, please listen to the old one and uh, give any feedback if you want, or, again, message me if you want to talk death or anything gaming-wise. Uh, it's... Yeah. It, it does... The, it does the missions really well on the realms. Obviously, better part of Valor, but is kind of a... A mission, obviously, death struggle with as talked about in the other one. Uh, it's just that I really, I enjoyment's a fair word to give it, uh, but it is a good list. It's it plays in all the phases as well, except shooting. But do you think you've been? Obviously... Do you think you've been tested over the two tournaments? Yeah, uh, as I said I, about the Tempest one, I played four people that were at Masters. Uh, John Craig's list was obviously a lot less strong than what his doc was previously but I think obviously he's just trying to find his feet by changing army which obviously is quite hard as again as much as you you might want to label that as a crutch but it's changing the total design of the way he was playing the game uh, as you say doc are very yeah he's going strong gonna... on like on the board straight away like they deal with a lot of things quite well and uh, he was obviously playing uh, uh, with the snakes and that which again I remember a hidden gem that some people just don't use as much as what they do with the witch elves and the sisters uh, again played Nathan even though his list was a weaker list if I played him in any other mission I would have had a lot harder of a game I, I was just lucky and again the rub of the green over the last two events of uh, obviously playing Nathan in a mission which didn't favour him at all uh, having to make him fight me in the middle of the board where I could just my units are so much bigger and I could just obviously out uh, just have more models on every objective than them which obviously from turn two was it then the turn two you had like less three models eels. <laughs> three eels um, three eels and heroes. two heroes yeah. <laughs> yeah which just by chance was just the force you had to play again if that was if that was any other mission and Nagash needed to survive, you could have you would have won. If I needed yeah. to play like a hero mission or anything, because you did just held me back. Uh, it was that double piling that got me. Yeah, I almost unbound it. If I unbound that double piling, mm-hmm. I think I would have had a lot more. But yeah, no, I think you've definitely been tested. Um, you might have been lucky with the missions you got when you played certain people, but at yeah. the end of the day, anybody that wins an event has an element of luck involved, yeah. and you played all top-ranked players. So yeah, um, I, again, John Billis and obviously Lee's games were harder because obviously you're in the like the final. Also, there was only the two tables left, uh, obviously to play in, and obviously better part of Valor was in one of them. 
if I played Lee in that, I wouldn't have stood a chance. I don't think uh, going to even having less drops, I would have. I would have really struggled to just because his arm is so the arm is so fast, it could just take me off one or two of my objectives and just fill the middle of the board to stop me getting across the board. It is the weak thing for death. If you play any competent or like fast army mm-hmm. in better part of valor, you you can't win an event. No, because you. You get out dropped, and it's just impossible, especially yeah. if you matched into Sylvaneth, for example. So yeah, Sylvaneth, Xenophon as well. Xenophon's yeah. scary with it as well, because if they get that teleport off, they just walk onto the objective again. It's just one of those armies, they just walk onto the objective. Yeah. So do you think you're? Do you think it's fully refined to its maximum potential now? Is there anything you want? Even changing the theme of it? I was saying in the beginning, I'd probably drop the... Endless spells. Okay, I'll just keep the portal. You kind of have to. Uh, but I don't know. I'm going to try maybe switching out Geminids. I was going to try and obviously switch out Geminids and the uh, the pendulum for the horses, uh, the corpse stampede. But uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll need to test out in a couple of games before uh, setting my uh, sights on. Obviously, fixing the list for Folly Old World. Again, I was saying to Nathan that I. Having the hobby rush at the moment of wanting to paint my deepkin is kind of making me want to mm, crack yeah. them out and uh, get them to a stage that they're happy. But again, there's a, an event the weekend after uh, for the old world and Stir- uh, the Sterling War Games uh, yeah. event, the Falkirk one. I was I was thinking I could just pop down there one day with the deepkin sort of thing. It's a one day or I can just get used to playing them sort of thing because I'm. I haven't got the experience of what Nathan has with the army, uh, as with Deepkin as much. Again, you're not like taking them to Twin stuff. Realms. You're not taking them to we Twin are, Realms with you. Are, with you might be. There. We We're might be. Mine, <laughs> I, I can't I wait till submission. <laughs> I can't wait till Twin Realms list submission because our Deepkin list is hilarious. It is so good, so good. Yeah. Can we just talk about it? I don't. Yeah. Hundred twenty. Hundred twenty Grimgasts. Honestly, guys, you won't believe it. Uh, I've got six day. He's got six day. That's how we're doing it. Well, and we're both leads just sacrament because then we get eight grave sites because it's not scenery. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're doing. <laughs> if you played into another double death, it would be sixteen grave sites. How fun would that be? Yeah. Hundred and twenty grim guests on either side. Let's make it happen. I thought it said that it was only four. I thought it said that you had to share your grave sites. Yeah, no. Because uh, you don't you, shape, you don't duplicate scenery. So nope. if we play double deep, can we even get four boats? But I don't know if he specified gravesides. Oh, gravesides are different. Again, if we took different allegiances, because one of us could take sacrament, one could take blood, we're technically a different. I, I asked him thing. in person, and I think that the way it's written in the pack is that any special rules associated with the army. Maybe it's just uh, it needs to it's put scenery. that in an FAQ. It definitely for says you. scenery. Yeah. Oh, special rules with an with an army. I think we might any... still break that, Liam. Because it yeah. even says things like blood tithe points have to be shared between the army. Well, we so... are sharing grave sites. We're sharing all eight. <laughs> yeah. That's it. We'll, we'll play you because we'll have eight as well then. Yeah. So. There you, there go. you go. Do you have enough tokens for eight folk? As me and Nathan do. <laughs> I don't need tokens. No. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, you're, you're just cheap. I'll you're just playing cheat, double yeah. new death. Yeah. Yeah, my special death. Oh, you're playing double new death? Is that what it is? <laughs> is this double grand alliance death? 
Yeah. A shame you, a shame you can't. You could, you could fit two ghoul kings in. One's got the sword of judgment. The other one's got like the dimensional blade or something, and just goes to town. I, I don't need mixed death crutch anymore. No, <laughs> the flesh court. Double cast the Mixed death would be too good, wouldn't it? <laughs> no. Mixed so. death actually would be really good now with the flesh eater court stuff. Just all being all their good stuffs on their scrolls. Yeah. Just yeah. wish I could have seen Ian's face from Just Play when he read your list when he was doing the review. <laughs> it would have been so good. <laughs> it didn't look that far down. I think no. That... <laughs> oh. There you go. But, but yeah, no, just again, I'm kind of in a, a seesaw moment of how much hobby do I do in the next, what, four weeks, is it, as I think it said? Three yeah, I think it's about four weeks to follow the work. I think you've only got about what two is? weeks to list submissions. Yeah, it's the start of March, isn't That's, it? Yeah. Uh, again, that, uh, the, if, I, if I was at a far enough point ahead at the beginning of March, I would make, that would make my decision. Because that's, what, two weeks to paint some stuff. If I got, like, h- half of what I had to do by then. I need to stop telling you about my list tech. That's it, Jeez. yeah. We'll, play, we'll just play each other game five. <laughs> okay. We'll, well, that's a, that's the, the top three, the three unbeaten hammer lists. So we've got two two Nagashias and we've got uh, an Exalted Kipper. Um, but yeah, I think it was a it was a good event. It was a, it was good fun. It's a, it's always a long one for us coming down from the far north for a, a one day. But thanks to John for putting that on. Um, so, well, we were going to just talk s- around timekeeping. Timekeeping and I was late. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, um, I was also going to say how long our episodes are is definitely the proof that timekeeping <laughs> isn't a skill that we hold. Yeah, oh, I'm, think, I'm staying quiet in this segment, so I'll just turn my mic off, right? No, 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 you shouldn't, because the, the main thing that I wanted to say about timekeeping um, is, at least in our chats on WhatsApp, I don't think... Especially the point of view that me and Liam are coming from about trying to put something into packs to try and police timekeeping isn't to fix a problem that's there, it's to fix a problem that could happen. And I'm trying to think and find a way that isn't going to put new players off because that's not what we're trying to do. All the suggestions that I've even voiced haven't been things to try and speed up new players. I've played plenty of new players in my time and I do everything I can to help and I never try and rush them. Um, It's more the game's going in a direction where experienced players are taking lists that are strong that they can't play in time. So it's got nothing to do with new players. If a new player takes something, they could take anything. They could take a, a 10 model Beast Claw list and might not be able to play very quick. But it's when experienced players start taking things at last minute and can't finish their games, it could end up being a problem because the way the game's going is just increasing the amount of dice rolls, the amount of rules bloat playing in the realms. And when you're on table one, game five, you don't want to be in a position where you're getting to turn two, turn three, and you've only got 30 minutes left. And you've not been able to actually play the full game because even if I win that game, it's not a full game. Like I'm paying the same money that a new player pays to go to a tournament. I want to play my five games the exact same as anybody else, and I want to get my enjoyment from it. I'm not trying to take away from the enjoyment of a new player. I just want there to be something in the pack to 
try and alleviate it. I don't know where it is, but we're not getting anywhere by just shutting down the people that are trying to think of something. By just saying, oh, it's going to put new players off, so let's not bother. Let's just keep the status quo and not change anything. So I just wanted to breach the subject in a way that I can put my point across, because I don't think it's coming across on uh, WhatsApp groups. Form, uh, a word format, it seems yeah. always, like you say, the tone. Yeah, I think it's, the, always, it hard. Sounds hard. it's always hard in text. It's, it sounds yeah. more like we're elite, like you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not what I'm it's trying to worded. Uh, that's what we're not, like you say, we're not trying to be, like like you say there, there's a there's a very few mission there's a few missions in the game still at the moment where if the game doesn't go to the full length of time, your opponent can win by playing slower. Better part of valor as well for one. Better part of valor yeah. for one. Scorched Earth, uh, Gift of Heavens, any of these that uh, free places of power, any of these where your opponent could just take advantage of. Yeah, anything that score multiplies up, you know. Yeah, I mean, like you could score fifteen points in the last turn of three places. I, I think it's it's fair to say though. I don't think that anybody, well, nobody I've come across intentionally is slow playing in the Scottish nope. scene. I mean, we've we've not got people who are doing that to their advantage that I've played anyway. I've not I've not experienced that. And as a TO, I've not had somebody come to me and say, "Look, I'm worried this person's intentionally yeah. slow playing." Granted, some people struggle with um the rules of their army if they've got a new list maybe it's one of 18 scenarios that they're not totally familiar with them all you've then got the realms you've then got extra command abilities um in certain um tournaments there's also additional rules put on people and it can slow things down um we've been talking there about i I don't, don't want to go into dice apps really because i don't think that um that's the next thing well yeah well we we i think we're going to keep that short sweet and and um we're never going to come to a i don't think we're going to ever going to agree but but the thing is i think that the mechanics of the game and the way the game has gone if we're talking about like you just said there even the best players and the people who are the most practiced and 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 know what they're doing and not physically able to complete games at the moment the way things are going yeah, especially with right. lists that we're seeing coming through these new books exactly if you're talking about a 40 a 40 ghoul unit that's potentially got half a dozen attacks 460 attacks i mean i mean you, you just with the best will in the world nobody can physically do that for five turns like your your phase their phase it, it it just doesn't happen there's no fun there surely the mechanics needs to be tweaked i'm not criticizing the game i love the game i love the lore i love it all but something doesn't seem to be right there if you're in the position where you've got to roll that many dice and i'm not an advocate for dice apps i don't like them but no there's something true. happening with the game where to power something up and you you kind of being encouraged and pushed with certain lists to roll more dice um and like you say that it's gonna become more and more of an issue for certain certain people people who i mean i struggle and i've just switched to a new army and my game against you at um at tempest if it weren't for you totally smashing my uh, army off the <laughs> table pretty fast i think in turn three or something 
I mean, I, I wasn't going fast. I didn't know my war scrolls then. I, I, I know them now. Um, I wasn't rushing you. That's the thing as well. No, I wanted to almost defend myself because I think that at least in private chats, it's come across as if this position is very elitist and no, it's not no, at no. all. It's it's down to experienced players or uh, like sort of the top tier sort of players if you want to help the people that they're playing against to get the game done. That's what they should be expected to do. It's when two players that are on the top tables and they're playing with these new janky lists that just are designed to slow the game down in a way. It's it's not fun. It's not fun for anyone. And it's not I'm not saying there is a problem, but there definitely could be. And that's why I want there to be something in the pack. Yeah, I think things like movement trace, we've talked about this before about speeding things up, having having your dice pre-counted. I think a few episodes ago, uh, somebody yeah, asked no, a question did. actually, and, and we did talk through it, and I think it was all really good tips. And I know myself from when I used to run 40 skeletons. Moving 40 skeletons without a movement tray isn't easy. And then having to, when they've been van held and they've got spears and all 40 of them are attacking. In AOS 1, I used to say, I'm not going to bother attacking with them. And it, they were only there to tap at somebody up. I didn't care if they did any damage. Yeah. I just like encircled people and left them there to be slowly killed. Now I've got to attack. So it means I, I don't even get the option to say, oh, I can't be asked rolling these dice. The it's only not, thing I can do now is not pile in to maximise attacks. It's, it's not just volume of dice and attacks, though. I mean, my, my most recent experience of um, a, a game that didn't complete five turns, this was second game at Hammer against lovely chap, Stephen, relatively new player, with a, new, a relatively new army, Night Haunt, versus Nurgle. Um we didn't get to complete turn three. We barely started turn three. We, we completed it kind of in, in as much as it didn't matter. The game was never really in doubt. Um, but Nurgle v Night Haunt, uh, there's, there's not a bucket loads of dice being rolled, but there's lots of phases being rolled. There's lots of Night Haunt rolling. He rolled quite a decent number of high charges. So he's fighting first, but he's he's fighting against me and I'm, I'm debuffing him. He's There's re-rolls all over the place. Um, <laughs> there's there's ignored rend versus me with my multiple saves. There's very little died. I mean, it was less than I, I, I would probably guess less than five hundred points died in the whole battle. Um, and that's just slow. That that's just that's not forty skeletons doing, you know, double tapping. That's just units fighting units. That's just the mechanics of the game. With new players playing at tournaments, which we don't want to discourage at all. So it's, it's 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 not simple. It definitely not... isn't simple, but I don't think that we can just leave it the way no, that absolutely. it absolutely is. There, we need to try and think about, like, even if it's only a, a thing that's brought in on the sort of top tables on the second day or just something to discourage it from taking place because, like, we're, we're talk, we, the, we talked there about the 460 attacks with ghouls. All the lists that we're seeing don't seem to be designed towards that actually happening but i'm pretty sure when the bone splitters book came out somebody didn't just instantly go cun and ruck they've sat there and they've went do you know what this unit of 40 araboids can do this many attacks and we can make them do it twice and then all of a sudden it starts to happen at a tournament and then people start designing their game plan around it and then it becomes a net list and people that don't know how to play it that well pick it up 
and then take it to an event, and then it just causes problems. So it became quite an issue at the time, though, if you remember, with The Rock. And I remember that there was a bit of a hoo ha yeah. on Twitter and going around here, there, and everywhere about about the Cunning Rock basically just just grinding to two three turns at maximum yeah and and there were people that weren't happy with with their experience in certain games and and i think that people just try to make the most competitive list they can when they look at a book and and granted they might not be fully prepared for what that entails when they actually get to the table and i don't know i don't know what the answer is i mean um, it's it's not an answer by us that can be done but i saw this today what's your opinion on them cutting down unit sizes yeah, I saw that. Could be a thing. Like, why? Why? Are, why is it forty ghouls or forty? Do you think the same problem would come up as much? Okay, and obviously there's still the stacking attacks. So like, still stacking to get eight attacks with twenty guys is still bad. But is it like again? Would, would do you think the cunning rock would be a thing if it was capped at like? Well, they tried to. Boys? They tried again, to. Again, obviously it already went from forty to thirty. Yeah, but thirty I, is still a lot I, now that they allow you to stack the command ability. I think that having that many, I mean, it, it it's needed for a unit that's underpowered. If you if you model for model with a more elite unit, I, I don't know. I think I think that their strength lies in numbers, but there needs to be a better way. We were saying what? earlier about about what could happen, and and I'm not trying to redesign a rule here because I'm no games designer. But to me, there's if you've got reasonable. thirty attacks, if you've got thirty attacks, instead of if you add in three attacks per model, it'd make much more sense and be much faster if you were rolling the same amount of dice, but you were getting plus three rend and plus three damage for those attacks you are rolling. You know, so if you've got thirty models and you instead of racking them up to six attacks each, you're racking them up to to make the the dice rolls that you yeah. make it more effective, which just streamlines things, and you never know where we'll go with with the next. Any OS three maybe it could be, but could be. I don't want to I don't want to see less models personally, because I think a horde army relies on horde units and it hmm. should have a strength and it should be reflected in the game. But why is uh, it? Why is, does it have to be one unit of forty and why not just two units of twenty? Was it, I what, think it was, it's more a problem with summoning and stuff that's yeah, slowing the that's game down more than anything. Because yeah. they did say during like the designer's commentaries at the start of AOS 2 that you can get summoning for free now, but the unit cost in most cases has increased in order to support the fact that they can be summoned. So I think skeletons got a little bit more expensive, and I think the things that were a bit weaker at that time didn't see a points increase and the fact that they could be summoned for free was a way in making them stronger but all that we're finding now is that armies are just getting bigger mm-hmm. yeah. you think about a 2000 point death army that can recycle units 20 sequiturs coming yeah. back on a 5 plus dryads yeah. getting summoned to the table seraphon endless summoning ghouls starting like you've got 2000 point army if you've got 1900 points you can bring on and there are 200 points with two command points. Now you don't even need to spend them. So like, armies are just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We've got the same yeah. amount of turns. We're just not getting through the games in time due to well, all these extra rules bloats that are getting added on and stuff. So, I think I agree. And the thing is, the rule of thumb has always been a 2,000-point game last two and a yeah. half hours. 
But sometimes now we are playing two and a half thousand plus point games and trying to squeeze it into the same two and a half hours. Maybe it is the fact that we should give 15 minutes. We've discussed this ourselves, 15 minutes before the game starts where people can introduce and talk through their armies and maybe get set up before the clock starts. And if people are really keen, they can just rack them up and start playing early. Um, and, And that little bit of extra time um, just means that when you first get to the table, you introduce yourselves and talk through what you've got and do your deployment. Um, rather than that eating into your two and a half hours, that eats into your, uh, your kind of like buffer. You sort yeah. of like, a, I don't know, an introductory period. So that worked really well. For the at, London um, Tempest, at the London Masters, the lists there was only eight lists, so it would have been easy to do. But the lists had all of the special abilities annotated on them as well. So we tend to do in Scotland anyway. Almost all of the tournaments are lists a week or two weeks in advance. So while checking those lists, we could annotate them or even ask people to annotate them for for us if we can trust them. Just to say, uh, I've got overwhelming dread on this wizard. Overwhelming Dread does X. And then when you get to the table and you're exchanging your lists over, there's not the 15 minutes of what does that do, what does that do, what does that do, what does that do. You can just hand it over and say, like, is there anything there after reading everything that you still don't understand? And that could speed that up. An extra 15 minutes as well, that's going to go a long way. So I think if you put things like that in to make it, like, increase the length of the game, make it simpler during setting up and preparing for the event, and then if it's if it's getting harder to not finish a game, wouldn't it be appropriate at that point to maybe put a penalty of some sort on people that are still not finishing games? Not necessarily new players. I still want to figure out a way to just make it so that if you're getting a game finished on turn three, that you might not win at turn five. Just get that out of the game. You, I've not I've not had it happen to me up here for a long time. It has happened before at a tournament. To me and I've won as a result of one before as well when I was playing change host and it just shouldn't be part of the game it's that it should be worth less than going to full time mm. it was interesting that the the UK masters has the, obviously the, the penalties built in that everyone knew about and going to in advance and it didn't get applied once I don't think um nope. Every game and, it, and people were thinking that Going into it, I, I think you know. Listen to a few podcasts on it. I think there was probably thoughts that it might affect some lists and some in some games. But it'd be interesting to to have known. Did anyone come close? Did they? Did anyone rapidly accelerate so they didn't lose points? Did they? You know, what, what well, was you the? Didn't, you didn't see Sava with his doc, and he'd said in an interview with the shorts that he often didn't get past turn three, and yeah. then a fortnight later, when the restrictions aren't there, he takes the cunning ruck. A double, <laughs> a double so, yeah, yeah, like the there, there could well. be something there. Like if there's well, a penalty that, there, the one drop rock. Like yeah. even if you put the penalty in the pack, and we're like a kind of close knit community up here, and I'm not saying that we would favoritize people, but if you put it in the pack, and then as a TO, you're like, it's not justified to apply a penalty here. There are two new players. There's it doesn't serve a purpose. Like what yeah. are we achieving by yeah. applying this penalty? Then you don't. But if yeah. somebody's been a gamey so-and-so on table one trying to edge out someone else or they should know better then maybe they get the penalty to discourage that behavior in future like it doesn't need to be a paint everyone with the same brush like we're all fairly close-knit and it could be something that could like you could put into a 
um, like we were talking about the next subject. What was it? Jonathan from yep. the Honest Wargamer talked about. Uh, I'm look, struggling for the word now. Um, uh, etiquette, torment. Et- etiquette, yeah. Like yeah. put it into a sort of etiquette thing rather than a hard tournament point deduction yellow card system maybe like if if you're seen to be not playing within the spirit of the game then you're penalized yeah no i think we come back we're going to come back to that maybe next episode once we've had a yeah we're talking about maybe you know putting a bit of prep into it but yeah. um it's all good ideas definitely and it's like you say it comes across much better when you sit and chat about it rather than doing it over text in a, yeah. in a chat group um I think it'll be even it better face-to-face. Face. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, what we want to do is at the next tournament on the social on the Saturday night, talk to folk and, and explain it because sometimes when you're working in a limited number of characters where, you know, there's no tone, there's no, yep. there's no, yeah. there's no actual engagement and back and forth in a reasonable manner that it can be read, misread. And the thing is just chat it out at people... We're not ever going to impose something on people. Um, it has to be the decision of everybody who goes because it's you know it's everybody's experience. Yeah. So I think I think fifteen, I think fifteen minutes is a great idea. Yeah. And yeah. You mentioned Tempest. It it wasn't a planet Tempest at all. It was a natural byproduct of using tabletop.to. Yeah. That that I was I was ready to go five minutes after the last result came in. Um. And it was the, the breaks were in place to give a decent break. You know, there was I think forty five minutes for lunch just to everyone have a break. People have travelled for, you know, you guys have travelled down for three hours, so you're straight into game one. You've played three hours, two and a half hours, whatever. So a forty five minute break, bite to eat. You know, kind of resets everybody. And you know, what was it, half an hour for the for the afternoon break? Um, but the, you know, I I I, I did make a point of announcing everything before. You know, probably probably it was for fifteen minutes before the the end of the break, um, just so that folk could start moving things around and begin the descriptions and blah blah blah. It, it was conscious of my mind because obviously you know you guys take the piss at me for being a slow player, so all in good fun. Only in jet. Oh, I know that. I know that. And it's but it's you know you you want to get the events finished. You want you want to get the right results. I'm, I'm I'm as much for that as you guys are. Um, oh. but it's but it's a complicated problem. But the but the, the, the software helps that. That's another argument to, to, to keep using it, you know? What, what do you think about pre-jarring missions? Because I think I don't want to ever draw them before lists are submitted. Yeah, no, I... Once your lists are submitted, I mean, last year for Northern Invasion, the lists got submitted, and then each day one of the missions would be drawn. And then it gives people maybe a week to read up on that mission and be more comfortable, and, you know, it, it's then all there. Yeah, so that's like that's like saying someone Stu will actually read the pack. <laughs> it won't happen. Well, no, some people do the videos and stuff like that. Like that's all little do, yeah. things like that. Yeah, Mike done it as well for Howling. Uh, probably taken after what you did for Northern Invasion. But I saw on Twitter, I think, or maybe in one of the WhatsApp groups, somebody was talking about once I get all the lists in, I'll start um, drawing the missions. So yeah. I, I don't think that it's only up here that we're talking about this. It must be something that's in the the actual global consciousness about trying to help people um yeah. i was talking to some of the guys uh namely james tinsdale quite a bit uh who plays down at the just play and the f- one thing that i found quite interesting talking to him was that 
they don't really play with full realms that much in their local area. And it was more similar to what they were doing at the UK Masters in the sense that they were picking uh, one realm spell per realm and they were like pre-picking the realmscape features and stuff. They weren't rolling mm. for it. They weren't adding random elements to the game that were decided five minutes before you go to your table. And that's a way to try and speed the game up for new players as well, make it more new player friendly. So everybody's trying to figure out something to, to fix this problem just in different ways at the moment. No, there's, no, there's, there's no doubt realms do slow things down. I mean, I'm, I'm not a new player, but I'm not a uh, person that plays every week. And the realm spells still, I'm still looking at them, you know, every battle, thinking, oh, okay. I don't have a set recipe in my head for the realm, you know. Nagash players probably do. You and you and Liam probably have got a right good idea of realm I spells. I still look at them. I've yeah. got four games lined up over the next week, and I still yeah. don't know them off by heart. I don't know the spells off so, my heart. I know each there's a there's a spell in each realm that I know that needs cast. But after like I've done my five spells, I'm kinda of after that going through which one does this sort of damage again and then you realise you probably just look at the start of the game and go, Alright, these are all twelve inches. These go in this this like I obviously have mine all printed out, so it's a lot easier. Uh again that's that's what a lot of people don't have. They don't a lot of people don't have tokens and things like that. These are all things that help speed up a game because you're not having to play off memory as much. Uh, I still see it so often where I play people that just don't have tokens or anything. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I keep promising myself I'll print out the realm spells and bring them along with me. I mean, all I did was I went through my book and highlighted in different colours, whether it's an augmenting spell, an offensive spell, or a defensive spell. So if, at a glance, when I know this... what situation I'm in, I look at my book and I, I look at the colour I need. But that yeah. doesn't... It... So, plan A for Tempest, this was back in, I don't know when this was, months and months ago, was um, thinking of what I could give out as swag. Yeah. Um, plan A was going to be, and I think I shared it with a few of you guys, I can't remember who it was now, but it was going to be a, a professional deck of cards that was going to mm. be all all the realm stuff. So it's it was it's quite a lot of cards actually, but it it was just about doable. I kind of got a few quotes and blah blah blah. But the and the only reason I didn't pull the trigger was I was thinking, well, the FAQ is going to probably yep. come before Tempest, and and it, <laughs> and, it, and it may it may have totally disrupted all the wording that I've spent hundreds of pounds on. Quite a few, <laughs> quite a few of them did change for as well, yeah. yeah. Real shadow spell and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Command traits, yeah. It was a full realm is, deck of cards. But. It could get worse. We're waiting to get another expansion. If that comes out next month, that could be... <laughs> if, that, if, that, if that goes on top of the Malin Sorcery rather than replace, it's a lot more right. extra stuff. I think if we're going to see the next chapter of the Soul Wars, we may see... We may see malign sorcery get replaced. I, don't I think, think so, they'll, they'll give us concrete realm rules instead of having them split between two books. Yeah, I could see that. So you'd still have your. your you don't realms. want to carry five books at that point. Yeah. No. No. God. So no. I think uh, that's what I'm hoping for anyway, because a lot of the stuff does seem a little bit out there. I would like to see them maybe bring it oh, in a bit. Yeah. yeah maybe not in, yeah. six spells per realm, or was it seven spells per realm? Six realmscape features. If they just narrowed that a little bit, <laughs> even if they were all honestly, even if they were all just the same, like the realms just gave a slight different version, like 
like pretty much all of them have a version of Arcane Bolt that's either cheaper to do or does D3 damage instead of needing to be on a 10. They pretty much all have access to that uh, ability. But like like you say, hone off things like Infernal Blades and Stoke Rage, Mirror Pool, uh, the Ethereal One and all that. All these spells, Soul Shroud and all that. These spells that are just so powerful are game-changing just by luck more than anything else. It's lucky if you get them in the right, against the right opponent. If your opponent doesn't have any anti magic, you're just like you're laughing because you've got like four caster, four spells to cast, and you're like, I just get free reign. Yeah, I, I really like the realm spells. I think they do offer a lot, and it, it it makes every game different, and it makes it less like eighth edition where x x beats y and z beats x, and you know it's it's. But not again, as... back then you did have like a death wizard level four things like that. That again, you still rolled for them at the beginning of the game. You could end up not getting purple sun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, if you even if you had a, a level two and a level six, you just by accident. I just think it would go. Out. It would go a long way to just keep the three most impactful spells in each realm and get rid of the other three to just avoid confusion. So you're not having to sit there and read six spells before you make your decision on what one you're going to cast. Like still keep yeah. the infernal blades and stoke rage and stuff like keep all those really really powerful ones. Which book's, got, how which book's got three spells? Which book's got three spells? Nurgle. Yeah. <laughs> well, three. They've got, still got six, don't they? But it's split between no. two different lores. Nine. The demon lore and the... Yeah, but yeah, a, a, a great and clean one can only cast one of three. Yeah. Or choose one of three. Yeah. But so, yeah, yeah. so you've technically got nine spells still. So if you if you were... Like, that's the point. If, you, if we really played it the way than GW intended, you wouldn't have your spells written down in the beginning. You would just roll for them every game, really. But that was a design was... choice from AOS, though. That was different. That's probably one of the reasons why Nagash, why Nagash is so strong right now, because, like, before, you would have access to the two War Scroll spells, um, and then the Death spell, uh, Ar- Arcane Bolt yeah. and Mystic Shield, and then whatever wizards are in his army. So now yeah. the fact that he's got access to an extra seven spells, he he can't cast the amount of spells he's got access to. Yeah. So. But that's what his buddies help with, we? Yeah. But again, before before AOS two, he had access. Well, the Legions of the Gash book, he had access to like five different foot wizards that were all had their own spell. Yeah, like Isabella on foot, and you had mm. uh, you had but von then you had to spend. You had to spend all those points on those on them. You still you are. You get like six to Grimcast, could you? You still are now. I just think if they reduce the number of spells, it would just speed up the process. Keep all the impactful ones and get rid of the kind of ones. They just that alter them. Like cast. Infernal Blades is only on a sick, unmodified six to wound and things like that. Just make them so they're not so extreme where they just do crazy stuff. But the, the crazy thing is, the, it's all part of the the narrative at the moment, and you know it's 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 like the old campaign books and the old things. It's it is only a blip. It's the it's the it's the after effects of the of the necroquake, isn't it? It's uh, well, the the, the narrative is maybe shifting towards chaos. Is it the sort of what's the new what's the skirmish one called? The old points thing, blah blah. Um, the kind oh, of kill yeah, team the new box box set. Yeah, oh, it's, it's something big. can't wait for that. It's going to set. Yeah. It's going to set the old points, isn't it? So, or the yeah. what do they call it? So maybe maybe that's going to Warcry. That's the name of yeah. it. Isn't Warcry, it? Yeah, Warcry. Yeah, maybe that's going to bring 
RKO'ing up a bit. I don't know. Well, it's obviously maybe it's based around the new Dark Oath as well. Or... Well, again, that's why Skaven have come out. Like that's why like Skaven and Fecker are getting there. Because again, that's why Fecker in the story. Well, obviously getting a new book makes them stronger because obviously the realm of Shaiish is so powerful at the moment. Because obviously all the magic pours to the center of Shaiish instead of uh, outward, like how magic normally did. Magic used to pulse from the center. Now it just it gets absorbed in, and that's why Nagash is so powerful. Again, as much as people complain about that, not advice. The problem is he's still in the game. Like I said before, God versus man complex. If you don't want a god in a game, then against normal people, then it's kind of hard. So, all right, Sigmar will come in AOS three, and he'll just have to hit him once with his hammer and kill him. <laughs> Got you. I, I, <laughs> I, I think they're honestly a long way off of Sigmar actually leaving. I'm all Again, if he open, if he does open the gates, so it does allow everything to put, it allows chaos to pour in. That's why it's closed. No, gives it us another realm. He won't come. Gives us another realm to fight in as well. Ooh. Well, uh, heavens, it, it, it will be a else. chapter in the future where it gets overrun and they yeah. become they become besieged. Hopefully all the sequiturs aren't usable anymore as well. There'll be five chambers <laughs> deeper then as well. So this is, for the benefit of those people that maybe don't um, subject themselves to Twitter rage and see the um, the the toys getting thrown out of the pram and the, the travesties of the world, this week there's been in the news, we're not going to go too far into it, dice apps. Have been um, a discussion. <laughs> it's the because, Brexit of uh, Warhammer. Yeah, they were. Well, I mean, it's what was it? Uh, it's an atrocity. Somebody said, and you know, people are obvious. <laughs> it's atrocious, as in it's uh, an atrocity. Which I I am not a fan, but you know, the, there are atrocities, and then there's. <laughs> when well, you call it, you compared it to Brexit. There was actually a Twitter poll that I'm not yeah. sure when it's at now, but it was at fifty two forty eight. Oh God! <laughs> and there were a lot of people voting, but the long and short of it was the the London Masters. There was um, there was somebody a there, of people, yeah, with the that rock. was was using it, and there was a Twitter video of somebody using it for the rock and showing their opponent and. You know, and I think it was being portrayed through the video as being, you know, it was quite engaging and he was showing the guy how it worked and it was supposed to be a time saving thing. And well, this is this was like the trigger was pulled and um, I'm blaming Donal uh, anyway, just because he was (laughs) involved. Just for posterity as well, it was the same weekend as LVO and for their 40k tournament. My understanding is that the dice app was being encouraged, yeah, because of like orcs and stuff like that. I don't know if that's true, but from what I've heard, it was encouraged at the forty k tournament in LVO the exact same weekend. So it was being talked about before it happened at the Sunday yeah. the OS Masters. And it's a forty, it's a forty k app. That one in question. Let's, it let's... is. So this map, this app for for the people who aren't. Um, up to speed with current events this is a this is a an app that you'll find on the the apple app store and it's badged up as an official licensed gw product for use with warhammer 40,000 is the way the descriptive is and it's been on there for a few years now looking at it three years it's probably been up there it's 99 pence and what you can basically do is you say how many dice you want to roll you roll them 
and well you don't roll them you press a button it it's like I had I had a friend a while ago who shall not be named who who had this thing with online casinos, and I've been into a casino myself, and you know I've seen somebody spin a roulette and I've enjoyed the bouncing of a ball as it skips in and out of the color I'm wanting it to land in, and I either win or I don't win some money. Now I had a friend who used to go on fruit machines and you know you can see the wheel spinning granted it's a little bit dodgier then i had another person who used to sit on his home computer spending hundreds of pounds to watch a pixelated frigging wheel spin <laughs> right and then 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 sort of like spit the dummy out when he, he lost his money and i couldn't grasp how somebody could could watch a pixelated ball dance around a pixelated wheel that didn't exist and then put real money on it anyway Wait, correct, so... correct me if i'm wrong but this this app it's it's not just an it doesn't just produce numbers that you, you, you it actually rolls dice it's random it rolls no, but it's, it's, it, it, it says roll. it says it models the physics and the dice roll it's yeah. as if it's as if it does, you they actually like, can shake the, the, the ipad or whatever no, you don't shake the iPad. It just no, you, just you click a button. You you see, get, it's kind of like frustration. You push a button, and it, it flicks them all, and they yeah, all okay. roll. Maybe I'm it's an older the, the physics of it. I no, mean, maybe, I think maybe it's an older physics. version, but there was definitely. Cause I, I I started googling it and looking into it, and it, there was definitely a, a comment somewhere, and it was it sort of uses the you know it, the accelerometers and the tablet and the phone and all that to 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 shake the dice. So maybe that's an option you can turn it off. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, but I think some of the arguments that are out there is that it's not truly as random as dice, and it's it more it's, random. It it pulls out the averages more. I don't know. I'm not a programmer, and regardless, I mean, we'll we'll just say maybe we'll just ask each of us a yes or a no in favor of the app, and and a quick and then sentence. A sentence. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. And I'm gonna say mainly because Ooh. one of the things that I like most about the game is the fact that it's such a physical thing and an engaging thing. It's very tactile, and it's it's not... There isn't a technological interface at the moment for me, and I like that, and that's that's part of what draws me to it. And I don't like technology. I've not even got a frigging phone, so I'm probably not the one who should be even given a vote as to whether or not we should use a Dice app, but it doesn't sit right with me. And I think that it's the game mechanics that are going in the wrong way. If we can't physically, this is a long sentence, isn't it? If we can't physically <laughs> roll enough <laughs> dice to to undertake the attacks in a given time, there's something wrong with the way the game is going. Rather than either that, or we need just bigger times. We need longer times. I, I don't think that we should be relying on technology. That they go. Shut, shut up. That's a long sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I said I wasn't going to rant on this, didn't I? This is what happens. Sorry. Yeah. Go on, Back go on, Scott. Bed, granddad. No. You got to me next. Well, I'm agreeing yeah, with you. Go on, I'm, 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 I'm more no than young bucks who say yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm more no than yes. Much more no than yes. I'm not 100% no, but I, I don't see the interact. Activity, if there's a word, interaction between players as much. I, I saw the clip of the tablet being pressed with the the ruck dice, and that his 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 opponent sort of standing next to it, and you know you're both staring at a screen. There wasn't okay. That, that's a sample of one role in one game. There, there wasn't any 
excitement. There wasn't any banter. Now, maybe that's just what happens when rucks shoot you. It's probably the same with, with physical dice coming your way. I don't know. But that's that's one take-home message I got. Now, no one's suggesting you use dice apps to roll the the turn roll, which, you know, that can be a fantastic bit of drama during the game. Or an important save roll or whatever, you know. Keep something alive. No one's suggesting that. But that's but that's what you get with physical dice. and You get the physical rolling of the dice on the table. Um I do have a slight concern about the technical side of things. People say, you know, you can hack X, Y, Z, and I think the probability of that is probably extremely, extremely small. But it's not it's not nil. But then neither is physical dice being um, you know, weighted in whatever way. And I paid a lot of money for my blacks on weighted again, dice, I tell you. <laughs> again. Exactly. Uh, you know, we all buy custom dice and are they perfect? I don't fucking know. I don't care. They're dice, right? We all roll them. No one's trying to cheat. We know that. So nothing's perfect, but my more no than yes probably just comes from a interactivity side of things, but I do agree. Time constraints are are an issue, so that's why I'm not 100 percent no, um, and I'm not I'm not anti tech like Stu. I'm very much pro tech, but <laughs> there you go. You know, that's a friggin' lot out. There's you know? there. <laughs> there's my there's my short sentence. Over you, Nathan. <laughs> um, right. So I'm yes for them, but. I don't want them. I just think that they solve a problem that seems to be cropping up in the game right now. I'm the same that I'd, I wouldn't want to use them for anything other than the dice rolls similar to uh, Cunning Ruck. I think everything else, where and when possible, use actual dice. Uh, one thing that I don't like is... If you've got a hundred dice to roll and somebody goes right, I'll just roll. I'll roll twenty dice five times. I hate that. I really dislike it. Yeah, that, that bugs me. <laughs> like, I I just think that if if you're going to roll a hundred dice, roll a hundred dice. If you can't roll a hundred dice, then why not just use an app? And we've all got well, let's say all of us. I've got big, fat, clumsy fingers. And if you're rolling that many dice, and then you're trying to pick out your hits or your misses, then a dice gets knocked, or you miss a dice and you pick up by accident or you take a dice away that you shouldn't. Like, it's, it's not accurate. If you're rolling that many dice, it's never going to be accurate. And for me, being on the receiving end of a cunning ruck probably more than most, having played one two times weekly, thanks to Liam, it's not fun. It's not engaging. It's a lot more engaging once you get used to using the app and resolving it in 30 seconds than it is in resolving it in five minutes while somebody's just constantly throwing dice at the table. Uh, so it's, a, it's an easy yes for me to solve a problem in the game. But no, do you, I don't like them. Do you use it then? No, I wouldn't no. use it because I, I wouldn't need to. <laughs> like the most dice that I ever roll is 21 dice with my eels. Oh, no, sorry, 31 dice with my thralls. I, I can throw 31 dice in one handful. Like I, I don't need the app. I wouldn't use it for anything other than like 120 plus attacks. And I think that's the only thing it should be done. It should be used as a solution to a problem that the game's designers have caused instead of just having to live with it. So... I would, use on, I, I would be using it on 50+. plus. At 50+, plus, I you struggle with a handful. Like, you're the bigger... Like, the, obviously, we use, obviously, the, like, the so the 12 mils or 16 yeah, mils. Yeah, if you use the 16 mils, yeah. It's a lot harder on 50-plus dice. Again, yeah, I would have 50 dice with me. Because then I know that's 50 dice. But anything higher, I'd be like, I'll use, is it, I'll use my app, sort of thing. If that makes sense. Or would you ask if you could use the app? Or would you just get it out and say, right, this is what I'm doing? Uh, I'm playing with this. Uh, I'll explain that I'm using it on 
if I'm using more than the start dice, I'll use it. If you're happy, you can also use it. I do not mind. Again, if they if they have a fear of me cheating with it, we'll both use it. You know, what I mean, there's I don't understand how that's. Uh, or you both don't. I think that's the thing as yeah. well. If it's not in if it's not in the event pack and somebody like Stu that thinks anything with an LCD is witchcraft, then <laughs> you don't have to use it. Like just try and get that sports boat and use your weighted dice instead. Like that's, that's a good idea. All right. I'm glad I went last here. I'm gonna sell it to you. So you have a couple of bevies on the Saturday night. Oh you're like you have you have a like that picture of you and uh, Scott Stu. You know, like you are fairly gone. He's <laughs> coming. He's coming Sunday morning. He's a bit. He's a bit way worse of wear. I come in with my massive metal cup and I roll my heavy <laughs> dice. Would you prefer me using that? About, I think I would work out. So say I get about hundred dice in there. I would have to roll that about 30, 40 times in a game, and I just rattle and rattle for. Well, a there you go. There's a. There's a, there's a, 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 a I possibly asked you not to rattle the, rattle the damn cup, but to be honest, I I wouldn't. I mean, this might just be my age, <laughs> but I wouldn't enjoy the experience of watching you press a button on an iPad and then it and tell me what you've rolled. Well, I tell you what, though, listen, you, you could do the dice app that has some clever programmers programs in a, a metal goblet or a, a nice soft leather cup <laughs> it's or... right, no, i'll just get on my phone i'll just like when i shake it it'll make a noise for you if you if you're wanting this no I, this true. is the same thing that i this is that bloody pixelated ball rattling around again and i just don't it just doesn't do it to me right you know, like, so i've VR, played no? against the cunning ruck and when you play against the cunning ruck in a game their full lot of shooting tends to happen two or three times if they can yeah. resolve that in a minute each with a dice app and it only lasts three minutes of the game and then once you take them below 20 models and they don't get as many attacks, there would be no need for the app. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's only going to be a very small portion of your two hours and 45 minutes that we're now talking, like, that is going to be involved with that app. At most, we're not talk- say, We're not talking about you going to a table. Game. And, yeah, you're, you're, you're not using yeah. that for the full game. It's a very I, small portion broken up over the rest of the game that you already know. I, I don't want it to come down to the person who says, no, I don't want you to use an app to be the bad guy. No, I don't think it would. Uh, it wouldn't but it, it will anyway. do. It's a slippery slope. Same it argument. Really be, same argument would be then you can't use War Scrolls that are on an app. You should go buy the book. It was it was getting a bit weird, wasn't it? Because people were saying, oh, well, measurement gauges. Like, if you double check, I think there was a funny story. Donald's, Donald's nine inch gauge yeah. broke. Yeah, and he broke. didn't know. So he, he was playing with an eight inch gauge. So, like, we're all using things to help us speed up the game and sort of cutting corners. Like, we're using War Scroll cards, but we've discovered something recently with the Deepkin, is there's a different wording for their 6-up save on the app from on the War Scroll cards. So there's we one call with the app. There. Does that ban the app? Do you know what I mean? Like, do we not use that app anymore because it's not reliable? Mm. Everybody I don't, uses I don't, I, I don't trust the app at all. I'd have die. <laughs> but it's a problem for then someone doesn't... Some people rely on it. So Why would you buy a book yeah. that gets reworded yeah. uh, with an FAQ? I, I honestly am glad I don't have uh, well, oh Christ, Zinch or KO, yeah. Yeah, 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 because like the book means nothing. Yeah, because half at half of everything in them is rewritten. At least, so it's so disappointing from a a collecting side of side of things as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like totally, to collect, yeah. I like to collect the books, but but yeah, they become not worth more than after a while. Are they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And then, well, again... Oh, go. sorry, go on. And you go, and you go. I was, no, I was just going to say, I think that we were quite civilised there, and we did all right. Might have sounded like a, a whiny old man. So was that, was that a 2-2? I popped off to get a beer there. Is that a 2-2? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Extra time, then. Extra time. Penalties. Penalties. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that that's the thing. It is, it is pretty evenly terms. split. And, and I think that we've found that. And like you said, there was the, the Twitter poll and there were hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. And it was literally 2% that were splitting the view. Who was it that posted that? I'm going to search. I think we can all agree that the best thing for the game would be for these situations to not occur in the first place. Yeah. Like, it, like Actually, I, I used to play competitive yeah. uh, computer gaming and stuff, and there's a place for it, but I enjoy the social interaction of the game, yeah. and I like meeting people and getting together and having a drink and having a laugh, and I don't want to be staring at my screen when I can avoid it. So no. I don't want that, but I also don't want to stare at someone rolling dice for 10, 15 minutes just to resolve something that normally ends up being a little insignificant. Like, Well, that's it. This is the thing as well where you roll in, you might be rolling 160 dice to cause eight wounds, which is exactly that. even worse. We were talking well, about the double cunning ruck into 20 sequiturs. It would kill five. Yeah, it's, that, that's pretty demoralizing. <laughs> I mean, I've, but who, yeah. who do you feel worse for there? The person that's playing the rock or the person Nobody wins. Yeah, Nobody again, wins in that situation. <laughs> I've been listening and they're really good that Stormcast podcast, the um you know, the official one. And they've had all the games designers on the background writers, and I've really enjoyed listening to it and it's really good. But what they were saying early on is anything that that they've kind of like talked about minimizing these sort of instances where people are rolling too many dice or doing too many things and well, trying to fail in what they thing. said well that's what i'm seeing and um again these books I are done they, so they far in advance that's the issue well, yeah you might see it in six months yeah. time then i think it will and nobody nobody wants to be rolled if you've got an army you can easily have an army there i mean the kind of pushing through the feck three units of 40 ghouls will be quite standard and if you're running a ghoul patrol or if that's going to be your battle line if you're not going with a courtier, one of the certain courtiers for your general, then you're going to have to have three units. You might go with three big blocks. And if really they are doing that many attacks because of the um the They only do it once. Them. You honestly will only get that to pull off once. That's the, that's that. I bet that's their. I bet that will be their argument for this. Quite often is oh, it only happens once in a turn in a game because like oh, you say, twice. like that's a point. Like you were saying, yeah. It, you were saying, Nathan, take the rock down below 20, lose its power. Same idea will happen to yeah. everything else. The argument is there's all oh, those answers, there's Gaunt the Sumner, there's this Pestilence Vermin Lord, the Corruptor, sorry, uh, has a spell that does the same where it targets a unit, removes half of it, idea, ideally. That's, that'll be their argument, is that it doesn't happen often. But uh, definitely. In the games it does happen, there's nothing worse than sitting, like you say, for two hours, getting to turn two because both of you have 200 models, and the game hasn't been decided at that point. It really hasn't. Like getting two turns in, the game hasn't been decided by you both rolling 2,000 dice. It's not always the dice, though. I mean, that's one element of speeding up play, isn't it? Like we were talking earlier about. Yeah, about trying to speed things up. It is one thing that could help in certain cases, but 
a lot of the ones that you see or that I've experienced that I've gone to time quite early, it's not down to the volume of dice that are being rolled necessarily. It's it's checking of rules. It's it's movement and um, and this that and the other. Um, but if there are many Beast little Claw, things, we'll see you how quick games go. Well, I think yeah, Beast Claw game should. I mean, arguably, if you've got twenty models or less, there shouldn't be any problem with. Okay, but again, that's it. then that 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 sorry, that would sound like an elitist thing. Like, oh, if you have twenty models or less, you should have no problem. Well, you wouldn't think so because, especially with Beast Clocks, how few War Scrolls there are. I mean, that is when well, I a Beast Claw, I mean, six six models you can do. Well, yeah, well, when I speak to people who are interested in getting into the game, yeah, I tell them to go with something where you've got few models, few War Scrolls, and you just get used to it first. Yeah. And and play the life out of that until you know it, and then move on to something else. And if you've only got Mornfang cavalry, a, a thunder tusk, and like with a frost lord on and a husk guard or something, and you know what what you haven't, you soon come to terms with it. I think, and the movements are very similar, and it's one of the best ways to get yeah. fluid and fluent with the game. As as me and Kevin, local to us as well. Four war scrolls or less, you'll be fine. You can get yeah. most armies have an option with four war scrolls or less. Flesh Eater Courts will, Bone Splitters does, Stormcast does. Every army has access to an army that is four scroll, uh, war scrolls or less playable. Maybe not to the top tables, but again, some armies do have a top table army that's four scroll, war scrolls or less. Deep, yeah, literally every army can do it. I think so. And once you once you're comfortable with with the armor that you're learning with then you can expand it but it's when you're getting used to the mechanics i suppose um but you're never going to have to roll 160 dice with a beast claw a beast claw well, you, you only need that two plus just wait, <laughs> you're gonna get that two saves. just wait for your new book they're gonna get 14 d6 extra attacks with a command <laughs> point yeah, <laughs> which will be badly worded to every stone horn, so they get like. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, uh, we're not being negative, folks. We're not being negative. We're not being we're negative. Hit us with the hit us with the stats. What was the outcome of the Twitter poll? I can't find it. <laughs> oh, who posted it? Um, oh, who was it? It wasn't Donald. Was I voted in it, so will it show up in my. Timeline? I don't think it does. I was I was gonna. Look, I'm with. I'm I voted in it. I can't remember who it was. This is this is good. Uh, this was is... it? Was it Curry? No, it wasn't Curry. Yeah. No. It doesn't come up as a thing that you've liked. I thought you I retweeted it. it. Unless it got removed. No. Actually, I think I retweeted it. Hang on, I'll check my feed. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> carry on. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> what was it? Well, look, we can all scroll through Twitter live on the <laughs> podcast. This, We're all listening. Listen to the sound. This is this is what it's like. This is, this is the technology. I'm just rolling real dice. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> rolling real dice. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm attaching a small yeah. scroll to my pigeon's leg. Scott, you tweet far too much. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, no. I retweet far too much. <laughs> Do you I just have all the like... content. <laughs> I'm like a fucking bot. Here we go. Angel cast. <laughs> it's 5446. See, mm-hmm. it, was, it was bloody close. How did like, the two votes? There we go. It so what was it? Uh, no. The old oh. people won. There's still a lot more old people than there is oh. young people in Wargaming. <laughs> Just wait for us to die off. It's like Brexit and the exactly. Scottish Exactly. We'll have another probably. referendum. I can, I can help with that if you wish. <laughs> Just wait for the pensioners to die off. We'll be all right. Once all these 
coffin dodgers get out of the way, we can have our it's digital new... warhammer. You need you need to put a new vote on something that we don't use, like that Discord or whatever it is. You know, I'll never forget. <laughs> <Discord>. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, example there. Yeah, the the app's good for some things. Again, I think, like you say, it could cause a lot of problems as well of just not paying attention. Again, like you say, it's on your iPad or something. Something will pop up at top Twitter. Oh, we'll look at that while I'm doing this and that, and then, like you say, you'll get lost in the moment of maybe not giving your opponent your full attention. One, so, one thing to maybe bring it full circle for you, Stu, as well, was when we were talking about Sedge with his uh, cut and ruck back in 2016 or something, was it? Warlords? So the where Tony's sitting on his phone. Yeah, he was sitting on his phone. <laughs> so you might not be wanting to look at a screen together, but if you're rolling all those dice, you're going to push someone else to their phone yeah. to get a bit of entertainment. How's that? I've done that. I've I've been put to the point of where I would I'd rather look at my phone than watch someone. Well, well, think here's about another thing. Right. See, the, see, see the game that I watched um, from the London Masters. It was Jack v. Was it Jack v. Ben? This I think it was. Yeah, and Jack was picking out his dice. You know, he was helping him. Yeah. So, so did you know, get the game done? Etiquette. They did that against Stu. <laughs> but the problem is, again, is if you do that and your opponent then said that you knocked a dice, this is the point you're. You can be causing an issue there again. It's just cast it's the same them all idea. onto the floor and tell them where. Speaking, speaking of tournament <laughs> uh, <laughs> etiquette, you know what I mean. It's the same idea. Of uh, do you pick up misses? Do you leave hit re- hits? <coughs> well, this all is what this. we're gonna. Do you touch? We're gonna come models? back to. Ooh, we're gonna come yeah. back to in the next episode because I think we're gonna we're gonna work on a draft one for at least for the Scottish and Northern scene potentially if the TOs buy in. But I think that there are just certain things, and I think Jonathan. Again through Twitter, um, uh, people who who follow him and. Well, you don't like technology. You keep talking about it. Well, well, you know, I have to keep in touch with the world. You know, <laughs> even even Donald Trump tweets, and he's older than me. That's that's not <laughs> a <good> capital letters. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I might tweet. That's with those Jews drunk. But anyway, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not comparing myself with Donald Trump. <laughs> much better. Any, I bet he likes the dice app. I bet he does. I bet he's got it with his tiny little hands. Oh, actually, I'm not lost. <laughs> get all 50 down. <laughs> he's got no chance. Oh, God. Get all one Northern Invasion dice. We in all know these Moon Clan players oh. as well, don't we? Yeah. It's a penny for mushrooms. <laughs> Cut in his tiny hands, his one dice. <laughs> right, anyway, um, what I was trying, what was I talking about? This is what happened to them. Etiquette. You're going to draft etiquette. etiquette. Yeah, yeah. Because it it should fall to me, shouldn't it? But no, um, I think the idea was that there was a really good one out there, and um, granted, it was it was written in Scandinavia by our cousins over the water. But uh, I think it's really adaptable, and there were some great things in there. And some of the basics were declare what you're going to roll before you roll your dice. Always remove the uh, tell them what you tell them what you're rolling for, which model what you need to hit, you roll your dice, you remove the misses, and, you know, you, you show what's there, You re- then you roll your successes. These sorts of things are just common, and, and people, people, it, it, it's just like a, a common language and what happens. If somebody just starts rolling dice, picking dice out and rolling them again, and then tells you you have to make 30 saves, you're like, well, what, what for? Who's yeah, done? that's, 
that, that annoys me. That's that no fun. Anyway, you got to verbalize everything. I try and verbalize everything. Maybe you that's did. why I don't fucking finish games. Then I, maybe I talk too much. I don't know. No, <laughs> you do talk too much. <laughs> this podcast is proof that you talk too much. Uh, well, that two that. hours fifty-five minutes. <laughs> one hour fifty-five. One hour fifty-five. Oh, one hour fifty-five of old men whining. That's all we are. Sorry, go, yourself, here. Go, go on, Nathan. Go on. Bring us some sunshine. <laughs> I was just going to say, before I went to my first tournament, I actually watched a video about tournament etiquette on YouTube. Like, I'd actually looked into this because I'd never been to a tournament before. 4 AOS, yeah. I'd never been to a tournament before Follow the World two years ago. Yeah. So there was, I, I was looking into tournaments and I was reading up on the forums and stuff and I was trying to figure out what it's all about. So new players are definitely interested in that sort of thing. So it just makes sense to have something yeah. for new players handled. Like, Did you play my cheating ass game one? You weren't cheating yet. You forgot. <laughs> well, you misinterpreted the rule and then you forgot your dead lunch, But yeah. I, 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 I forgot it in my favour. Well, yes. your favour really wasn't. It? Yeah, so. No, well, there was the mystical thing. <laughs> Everybody was playing wrong at that time, and then yeah, you forgot your dead watch pilot. <laughs> what are you taking to follow the world, Scott? Uh, yeah, uh, new new flesh eaters. Yeah, is yeah. it a dead watch? Yeah, blister skin <laughs> <laughs> with flares. Yeah, um, no, I think I think going by the amount of questions we get. And we're not even going through questions, right? Actually, there were some questions that you said you were going to respond to that came through on the Yeah, I'll get, um, them, up on the get them up on the Twitter. But yeah, judging by the amount yeah. of questions we get, I think um, the most common by far is people who are either never come to a tournament and, and are asking what's expected, how they should, uh, how they should be, uh, well, not behave, but what they should look forward to and... And uh, and whatnot, and I think that it is something that if there was just some kind of a, a a common charter that just explained things in a friendly way and just said, you know, this is this is good manners. We're not talking yep. about like telling people to do something that that is imposing rules on people. All it is is good manners, and all it is is just communicating properly what it is that you're doing before you do it. And then if if for example you're misunderstanding a rule then the other person can maybe even correct you then uh and say well actually <laughs> you're wrong like me when i was playing for 12 months van hells in, in my opponent's uh hero phase in my opponent's combat phase as well as my own mistakes happen and and if you're verbalizing what you're doing then you get as much out of it as they are because because they can put you right so well, if we get 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 a folk to say, okay, the new the new players maybe don't send in specific things. They just want to know what's what's good etiquette, what's bad etiquette. But it, <clears throat> more experienced players, they, I think I think the, the document does cover probably almost everything. But if there's anything if there's anything people want to chuck our way, yeah, as good examples of Definitely, yeas and yeah. nays, then do it, and we'll look at it. And it's falling to. I'm not saying it's falling to us to write it, but we will be involved in writing it. So Yeah, and we'll put it out there and then yeah. it's down to the various tournament organizers whether or not they want to signpost it through their pack, uh, sign up to it and then and then point people towards it. If we can get something that everybody agrees is the way we want our events to be, we want them to be friendly, welcoming and transparent and 
we, we want people to to get what they expect and to enjoy themselves, and that's all we want. We don't want people to to go in there not knowing what's coming. Yeah. Okay. So, have you got any questions there, then, Nathan? Before uh, we uh. Yep, I found them. So, first one was from Adam Rawson. How do you spell obviously? Go on, Liam. What? How, How do, do you spell, spell obviously? Well, obviously, it's spelt O B V I O U S L Y. Good job. Good job. And then his real, <laughs> his real question was how important is model positioning for effect bubbles, board denial, area control, objective play, etc.? And how would you advise someone get better at that aspect of the game? It's the most important part of the game. Definitely. It is the most all effects if there are area within or wholly within is a big thing when you're deploying obviously make sure obviously you're always in your bubbles during deployment so either measure where the big guy is going to go before you start deploying the other units around where he is and like make sure he's in range things like that the most important thing i always ask my partner <coughs> what's their range turn one how quick can they get across the board what do i what am i threatened by quite often as me and nathan quite often as example quite often put this back to each other where it'll be so your Nagash is there, Liam. What's the port putting the portal on him? How far can you reach with that hand of dust or other stuff? And then we measure out ish in our and then go, I can reach about here, or this is as far as I can reach. And you then, when you're deploying the rest of your stuff, you're like, I can deploy not in in that area of no fun, sort of thing. The same idea we talk backwards and forwards of what's like you say, what's ranges of things, how fast they move. What's the combat weapon range? Again, that's a big thing now because there seems to be a lot more free-inch weapons uh, in the game, which obviously normally just overreach a screen. Uh, Six-inch pylons is now, again, another thing that people should be aware of because if, you, like, if you're positioning with your hero and you've left a gap, if they have a six-inch pylon, they don't have to care about combat. They just slide in the side there. And yeah. One of the things it. I like as well, like for effect, uh, for board denial and area control, it was actually a bit of a joke on Twitter today. I don't know if you guys saw it from uh, Just Play Ian. A lot of the stuff in the game you deploy nine inches away from oh, your yeah. enemy. That, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> if something's got a range of 12 and you don't want to be shot by something that's going to pop up nine inches away, then you oh, go yeah. 3.1 inches away from your screen. So yeah. you're, you're going to be more than 12 away. So little things like that where just pre-measure everything. Make sure that... And, and what I tend to do as well now, I never used to, but what I do now is I'll say, I'm putting this guy here. He's 3.1 inches away from the front edge of my screen. So I'll put my combat gauge down. You're happy that if you're 9 inches away, you can't reach them. Okay. And then there's that information is shared between you. Yeah, uh, there's an agreement sort of as well. Yeah. Like you say, there's an agreement made there that you're happy this is this. It's the intention of what you're doing is that. There's the intention and then, and then there's actually showing them. Yeah. So if it's not that case, then something's been nudged and yeah. you can both it's agree funny, on yeah. that. If yeah. it comes to combat, he's piled in, he's nudged something, he's like, oh, I'm in free inches. He's like, but we agree. Well, again, that's, you again, that comes back to etiquette. Yeah, it? it's an yeah. etiquette thing, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it also helps gameplay-wise as well because yeah. you can yeah. plan ahead. Yeah, and... you're learning as well. You're like, all right, I will never be in combat range if i'm 3.1 inches away i'll know that yeah. that i'll never be able to pile in and then all of a sudden you're like oh i'm in three inches here 
I and, must uh, have not, a model has been knocked or something that I, I'm not in combat because we like obviously I measured that we, I couldn't ever reach combat from where I was yeah. for objective play a cool thing I've started doing as well if I've got my side of the table mostly screened off from a deep strike and I know that they've got stuff that can deploy off the table and deploy onto the table then you want to put models just within three inches of an objective and then if he wants to come down he needs to be more than nine inches away from yeah. you which means he's going to be more than six inches away from the objective mm. so he won't be able to score when he comes down or get more bodies around it so try and think about things like that as well to kind of screen off objectives um there's also, lots of cavalry going about yeah if your opponent can't fly when you're making your bubble around an objective making it like a like a 12-inch bubble, if you have a big enough unit, obviously, or units, you can then stop them ever reaching the middle because they can, even when they pile in, they'll never get within six of the objective. And you'll always have just parts of your models, obviously, within that six-inch circle. And how do you get better at it? Play loads of games if you're not a saddle. If you are a saddle, then maybe set up set a, a couple of objectives yeah. on your table and just kind of figure it out on the table without an opponent, just kind of like, yeah. well, where's more than six inches away from this objective? Play How with yourself. Deployment models? Yeah, play with yourself. And play with yourself. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think, I think right, it, it sounds a bit sad, but occasionally, <laughs> like, I, I, live quite, I can live quite rural and, and get in a game <laughs> is a, right, okay. a, a frequent occurrence. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, but I think that what you're saying there, I, I did a very similar thing with my old... Um, my old ogres, and then when I first moved to death, I used to practice deployment on my own table uh, for all the different scenarios and things. And I think that that's a really good tip, similar to what you're saying there about putting putting things down for uh, um, or just getting used to screening objectives and things. It doesn't have to take you all day. You can just literally grab stuff out of a box and you don't have to put a map down and scenery and things. Yeah, no, just and just just get used to yeah. the space that your army takes up, and and just get used to deploying things. And you'll soon you'll soon cover those areas and uh, protect yourself against ambushing and things. And it's you get very used to, especially if you drip drip dripping, um, in terms of like your deployment, and you're not um, you're not banging everything down in a wanna. Um, you you get used to you get used to the order you're going to deploy things and yeah. which things are irrelevant and where you've got your flexibility. And and if you've deployed yourself on your table uh, half a dozen times for each mission, it, it just becomes second nature and you don't. You, it's not something that's going to slow you down when you're actually uh, playing the game. One of the best ways to get better at the game, I think, is having a high drop army because you want to practice that deployment. Like you're going to mm -hmm. deploy, if you can, you'll deploy the same way for each mission. Like you're going to deploy on how to get onto the objectives. The only way that you change that is if you need to react to your opponent's deployment and if they've got anything that they can reach out and touch you. But you want to be getting into the, the, the sort of discipline of deploying properly. And then you don't, like, you, you don't want the choice of going first. Having no. the choice of going first is one of the it's hardest things in the yeah. game. Like, because if you're going to take that first turn, you need to capitalize on it because you could be doubled. So yeah. it's one of the hardest things in the game is making that choice of whether you go first or not. So yeah. I would stay as far away from it as possible if you're wanting yeah. to try and, like, improve. I, this is... Oh, sorry, go on. 
Well, I, it was just something that struck me there, and it's it's there's been a bit of misunderstanding in my last couple of events I've been to about deployment and battalions, um, and this is because you, the wording has changed on that ability. Yeah, it has, so. and and I think that um, there's a there's a little bit of confusion out there. So historically, um, well, you can deploy your battalion all at once, or you can you can deploy it bit by bit but you can also you can also deploy it in a few small increments and then fire everything down if you want can't you i'm right in that understanding the wording's a little bit weird i'm not sure if you can split one battalion into three drops or if you can split it into two and that's it or like three or four or five i think it's either the way that i read it initially was you could put three parts of your battalion down but then in your next deployment from that battalion, you'd need to put the rest rather than you could split nine drops into three drops of three, for example, because it says you can deploy part of it and then deploy the rest. Well, that's so, how, that's the way I always understood it. Like in AOS 1, you drip, 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 drop, and you could drop as, drip as many individual bits in before you fired in everything else. But So how's that changed then? So the wording is now is during setup, you can set up some or all units uh, from a War Scroll Battalion at the same time rather than setting up each unit individually. So there's no... There's no right, okay. So it's some... Or all or units all. from a... Uh, so when you're doing setups, you obviously take it in turns to set things up. So you can set up some units from a War Scroll Battalion, and then you can set up some other units from... Yeah, but or you if it says all. you can set up some... So would that not mean if you've got 10 units in a, de- in a battalion, you could deploy five, but then for the rest of the five, you would need to go one, two, three, four, five. You couldn't do five and then five. You could because... do five and five. That's right. what, that's See, that's where I, I was that. getting confused. Yeah, it's, too, it's, it's, it's too loose. It's, yeah. I think there is confusion because one of my opponents I've recently, who was, who was a very good player, said I had to either drop individually each unit or them all at once, and they were my two options. And I, well, I, with Sylvaneth, it doesn't really bother me, especially with Forest Folk, because I like to stick everything down first and then give them, then they have to deploy in response to what I've done. And then if I want, I can just redeploy everything for free anyway. Or I can, if they've gone ultra defensive, I can, I can give them the first turn and, yeah. and me go for the double. So I tend to make people react to what I've done. Which does throw people because, as you said there, um, uh, Nathan, people like to respond or to have a certain way of doing things. But if they see everything in front of them, it it just psychologically changes. And I used to do that a lot with my death march as well. Just throw everything down at once and then people would have to react to it and know that I had the option of going first against them. So people tend to go ultra defensive. Um, But yeah. Okay. Sorry, Sorry, Scott, were you about to say something there no 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 i was just looking up the thing on my phone there the, the actual core rules it's something i've never spent the 10 seconds to look at until now to be honest but it, i've always done it as drip 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 or all in one i've never gone for the kind of halfway house but, but sure enough it just says you can set up some or all of the units from battalion at the same time rather than individually so yeah you do, you do have flexibility there but there you go yeah, well, maybe have a look through the FAQs after this, and, and if, yeah, the if we're getting something wrong, it, is it no? No, uh, there used to it's, be something in the FAQ, but they yeah. replaced it with the core rule. The place uh, of the core rule change, yeah. 
and that's the problem. Means you can you don't need to if you're a one drop army, you definitely don't need to be one drop. You can spread it out to be one less than your opponent. Yeah. You can go anything up from one to whatever your maximum is then. Yeah, so if you're playing against a seven drop army, just make sure that you are six. Or if they deploy first, this is where I get caught. I was playing a test game with Mike and I had less drops than him, so I knew I had to like with my formation, so I knew I had to deploy in a certain way, but because he deployed the first model, it threw me off because he was one ahead of me or something that was just weird. <laughs> but I ended up matching him. <coughs> that wasn't good. Um but no it, it again it stands if you're wanting to improve, I probably would stay away from one drops. If you're if you're going for a one drop you need to have a specific game plan and it needs to work. Yeah. So Or have the ability to totally redeploy as yeah. soon as you start, yeah. which is which is pretty good. So the other question, um just just touching on what you were saying there about um piling in six inches. Um historically uh and I know that some of the newer War Scrolls say and I think the Slanesh one's the same where it says you can pile in from six inches. Six away, yeah. Whereas some of them you can pile in from six inches, but the core rule says you have to be within three to pile in. So how does that all work? Has that all been fixed? Depends on the scroll. Abilities abilities overrule core rule. Okay. Unless it's not clear. So like the old Skylar and Fangrim or whatever his name was, he could pile in six, but it never said on his... Exactly, that's where it is. If it says you can pile in six inches, in order to pile in, you need to be within three inches of an enemy. So unless Uh, it says you can pile in six inches while you're within six of an enemy, you can. The Mighty Lord Sisters can do something in... Yeah. Mighty Lord of Corn's an example. He says if he's in within eight inches of a hero, he can pile in up to eight inches, but he has to go towards that hero. His never used to be that way. It used to be you could pile in eight inches. Yeah. That was it. There's sisters. There's um, at the time. There's yetis as well. They've got a long pile in, don't they? As well, if so they're within range of a uh, hero, yeah. Well, they're within range of one of their. The no, sisters is, that... is the six if you're within six. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think the yetis is if they're within range of a thunder test, they can do it. But yeah. I don't know if theirs says six while they're within six. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it. Right. it does say six within six. Yeah. Because it's a funny one. Because if you can pile in six, but only when you're within three then you can only ever move towards the closest model, so why does six ever help you? Is that only because if you, you can fly, you can go over something? Because you then don't... What do you mean? If if you well, if it's them... both for six, or if it's six and three? Well, so six-inch well, some... piling, but I can only pile in when they're in three. Yeah, so what, where's the benefit if you can only go towards the closest model? Is it because, because uh, you could be three away, contact. and you end up two and a half away, but on the other even side of the model? Even contact, you can still move. Yeah. So if you're in base contact, what like Nagash, you can just circle Nagash, right? Uh, with that move, so there are the benefits. power of it being when it's six and six is you don't have to be in combat to pile in attack, and you I... can retreat, which is yes. annoying as well. You can retreat from combat, yeah. So retreat twenty inches because you make your run a six, run across the other side of the board, and then all of a sudden you're standing beside something six inches away and go, yeah. Well, that that one obviously that I can see the benefits where you can pile in six when you're over three away i've just never played anything that's got that rule no I mean, another yeah. one another similar ones where you can roll three dice to charge now i know prosecutors say 
you can roll three dice to charge and you can declare a charge if you're 18 inches away. Same with Morgast, yeah. Yeah, and that's the same with the Harbingers. Prosecutors, I'd... you add them as well, don't you? Yeah. All three? Yeah, uh, same as Morgast. Yeah. There's, some, there's some that you don't. Yeah, uh, so Volkites, for example, or one of their command abilities allows you to roll three D6 and choose the highest two. Yeah. But that's just to increase your averages of getting the nine-inch charge. That's yeah. what that was for. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing else. It's interesting, but these are all getting tidied up as the wall scrolls are updated and things. Well, the old flare, the, the old, flare, the old um, flesh eaters. What was it? The flayed pennant. You could you could declare. It's a fifteen inch. Yeah. Yeah, you could declare a fifteen and you, because you got plus three plus to whatever three. you rolled. Yeah. Okay. Um, so because anyway. somebody asked me and um, they had plus two to charge, um, and they asked me whether you they always have to be within twelve. Well, that's what I'd said, and it was. Um, I think I was against iron jaws. Godrak is within 18 for his 3d6 charge. Yeah. Because I got caught out with that when I was playing against uh, the Godrak army at Tempest. Yeah. I deployed so that I was more than 12 inches away after all of his movement shenanigans. And then I I didn't even bring it up with him, but I checked the war scroll and I was like, oh crap. (laughs) It's an 18 inch range to declare the charge. So Mm. there is a couple of them there. I was on Cogs. Somebody had, it was um, because Cogs was on the board. And they were 14 inches and they were asking if they could charge. And my understanding was that they couldn't. No, they can't. The yeah. same idea is if you both deployed on the line on a normal deployment, if they move 12, they can't charge because they're not in 12. Yeah. Because you're 12 away from the middle. Yeah. Unless they have a rule that says otherwise, you need to yeah. be within 12 inches to declare a charge. Yeah. There's a couple out there that let you, but. Yeah. There's very few. It's, it's commonly in flying units. There's, a, there's very few flying units that can do it. Which is like flare, uh, Morgast, uh, prosecutors. Like prosecutors. I can't remember if it's command, yeah. Godrak's command ability. I'm sure there's something else that does it. It's probably somewhere in Slanesh because they seem to be so fast. Yeah, they're incredibly fast. No, they, they've got like a 2d6 run. That seems to be a is lot of their ability. Or run like seekers. Yeah. Well, well, that's good. Was, were there any more questions or is that. Uh, there was, but we've kind of already... The, the, the questions that we took were designed for Liam's discussion. So oh, there was okay. about... You asked about, is Nagash overpowered? And Sean asked about, um, will we see a rise in shooting armies to deal with these things? And we kind of talked about both of them did, yeah. between this show and the last show. So, But no, that was the questions that we got. I don't think we'll see a big rise in shooting armies until they release a new shooting army. Well, they have people. People like new shiny. Well, is it? But is it that shooty? I don't know. Yeah. I think you'll see the warp lightning cannons. There's different kind of shooting, but yeah, there's, it's there's something to be there's, said there's there not, for, I don't um, think there's such thing as a shooting army. I think you yeah. have, you'd have to have balance. You have to have balance. You have to be able to do everything. Like they're yeah. talking problem. about two warp lightning cannons and two bombardiers. I think it comes in about six hundred and forty points. Yeah, and you have the ability to do a potential twelve mortal wounds with each of the warp lightning cannons, and twelve mortal wounds with each of the or twelve damage with each of the bombardiers, yeah. because they can do the more and more doom rocket, and yeah. they can overcharge the the cannons, and those cannons yeah. can redeploy. So if you put a knot hole within range <laughs> of them, and then you put the other yeah. two on the flanks, yeah. you can pop them out and then shoot almost anywhere like it's going to be a really janky deployment to avoid it um because they're like what 24 inch range the yeah. warp lightning cannons and yeah, then the bombardier's 18 so there's going to be a lot of threat to 
characters, not just small characters, even bigger characters as well. You're going to see a lot more Ignax scales and uh, Mortal Wind saves as a result. Yeah, I think I it's think interesting. Shooting is good. Yeah, I think those Norhol things, um, there are obstacles as well, aren't they? I was looking yes. at them today, yeah. and I was thinking the, um, uh, is it the Jezails, the the ones with the big long guns? Mm. Um, yeah, I think we'll see some of them as well. <laughs> I think so, and if you pull them, if you think you've you've got them sat back, and then you're going to push them, if you push, I don't know, if you really wanted to invest in them, you could put six onto each flank. And they're then in cover as well because they're obstruction, they're obstacles. They're... Yeah. So so long as you, um, you, if you imagine it as a circle, so long as you're beyond the halfway point of the circle, um, so the radius is kind of in front of you. You get you're in cover from them as well. Obstacles so do a... something to shoot, though, don't they? If you're a projectile, if you're drawing a straight line crosses an obstacle, does it not do something to? To shooting minus one hit or get plus one cover. I, I, oh, I think it's all about the range cover. between what's close. What's if closer you're within to one, what's closer, right? Okay. If you're within yeah. one inch of it, and the obstacle is closer to your enemy than to you, then uh, then yeah, you get you get a, a save. Yeah. So so it's it's really nice that they can pop out of it and they can shoot quite freely out of it. What's their range? It's like thirty six or yeah, something. It's, or? It's, yeah. It's, no, if only they'd done new models, though, you'd, they'd, they'd be all over the place. Well, they're dead easy to convert. Like, yeah, and red the, shields, and I don't know, you could probably find them anywhere. It's the thingy rangers, the vanguard rangers, or yeah. whatever they're called. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you'll see a lot of, a lot of uh, kit-bashed ones, and just little lengths of, uh, I don't know, rods and things will do it, won't it? You yeah. don't have to have a great thing for those rifles. You can, you can easily convert something up. I, th- I think Skaven are going to be there's so much depth in that book. I'd love to go yeah. through it. And the thing is, <clears throat> we were talking about this, and rather than us rush through and fire something out and and tell you all the shiny shinies now, there's a few things, especially in the Feck book, that are going to get an FAQ. Um, some of the some of the War Scrolls um, and and some of the the special things are going to need tightening up. I think with the the Skaven one, there's just such a bulk of stuff. I think a, a bit of practice needs to be had with it to to be able to talk about it with any kind of uh, yeah. Know. The Skaven or, one, I think we should leave to last out of the two because yeah. for me, when I'm looking at it, I'm going, "There's power there, but it's getting close to ten drops." Yeah. So it's never going to go first, and it can get countered at the moment by a really fast kind of combat army, in a way. Like, if you can get into it, stop them redeploying through the knotholes, take the table, I think that they're going to struggle. Um, but if they can find a way to lower their drops, it's, I've not looked at the book enough, I don't know if it's possible, but yeah. You can get two, you can get two, two drops with Skaven. Um, taking the it, the thing is you have to mix, so you lose the, you lose the battle line from the different clans. Yeah. So you can take the the one which is the verminous, which is the two clan rats and a storm vermin, plus a a claw lord, which which is basically your cover, it then covers all your battle line stuff, and then you can pretty much pick and choose, um, a formation from one of the other clans. And you can, I mean, it's not heavy on the formation, but you can fit it in uh, and get a two drop. From the ones I've been looking at, 
um, doing it that way. So you, you might choose to go with um, a couple of night runners and a gutter runner and a and a uh, an Eshin character. So that would then be two formations, two drops. So you get your two extra artifacts. And then you could take a, a Deceiver or a, a Vermin Lord or something. So you've got use of all three of your artifacts. You've only got three characters. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, as you start pumping more characters in, that's where your drops start coming in. I, so I think they're going to be a high drop. I think they're going to be an eight drop, seven, eight drop higher. Yeah. If they can get to five, though, it's terrifying. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, if you take that battle line, the Verminous one, and then take a big, beefy hero, like maybe even Thangqual, because he's a great way to deal with hordes. Oh, he's a and then man. just take uh, Warp Lightning Cannon, two Warp Lightning Cannons, and two of those Bombardiers. You could take the Karen Empire formation, which is the Bombardier. Yeah, two of them. Bombardier. You get two Doom Wheels, though. Uh, There's a Doom Wheel in each. Formation, yeah. so you'd need to take two if you were to double up on that. But you'd take I one think they're all right as well, aren't they? The one of it allows everything. Yeah, Doom was a better death save. Yeah, the mm. Formations are pretty, pretty expensive. That claw hard's hundred and eighty. Hundred and eighty, yeah. Yeah. Okay, on top of that face hammer. And then the slink talon, which is the Eshin one. Not many people are going to take Eshin. I just like it because I've always liked Eshin. That's one sixty. Mm. So, I mean, you're talking 240 there. Just they just for... need updated models. It's a problem. Well, they do. They definitely do. But I've got um, all my Blood Bowl ones, and they're great. Yeah, for... they're quite cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gut runners. Yeah, they're awesome. I'm, I mean, I've, I've already Maybe got them the all painted. the as well. Yeah, well, I've got them. I'm going to play them as um, as uh, as the actual models, though, because you've got um, Spike Claw and his Swarm. So that's going to be my, my first thing I'm going to paint up. As soon as I finish these bloody woods, I'm uh, I'm gonna do spike class swarm, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna use the you know the big fat rat from oh Bull. yeah Blood he's Bull gonna be Oregon, yeah. he's gonna be my master molder. So <laughs> I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a um, a molder a molder list, and then some some eshin allies. Well, some eshin stuff because they won't be allies, but yeah, because for the um. Uh, for the 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 claw one, you can use spike claw, scritch spike claw instead of a normal um uh, a normal uh, what do you call him? For <laughs> God, this is this is great listening <laughs> <laughs> for that what for that uh that formation rather than just the the standard guy, you can you can stick him in because he's got the the correct uh, yeah so. I've got a little list there. It's only going to be fun. It's going to be more of a painting project than than anything I'm going to take to tournaments or anything. I might take it to, um, I might take it to the Howling or something. There's going to be a lot of wolf rats there. I love so. the idea of like multiple bells, multiple furnaces, whatever. Yeah, you know, you, you can theme it either way. But you know, the old twin towers or or triple towers or whatever. You you can fit three in no problem. Double bell yeah. looks cool. It's just, it's just it just looks cool as well. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just it's just fucking skaven. It's just you can pick any play style you want though, and make yeah, a solid yeah, yeah. solid list out of that book. It's brilliant. I'm picking a new army in June when the general's handbook comes out, aiming for something towards the end of the year, start of next year. At the moment, skaven's kind of pepping it for me out of what we've seen from the new books, just because they look so varied. So like, is it taken over from the Caradrons like it did with me? Because well, I was almost all in for Caradrons. It's, for me, not seeing what's coming, I think yeah. it's probably going to take something stunty-ish 
to get me off of Skaven just because I want to do a kind of underground dark kind of painting thing I want to try and I want to try and do uh, the pro painted thing that he's done with his Deepkin the kind of almost concept army-ish like uh, loads of OSL and stuff like that it looks really cool so I think either dwarfs or uh, Skaven but we'll see there's a lot to come out between now and then I think yeah it looks like a really fun book, though. Like, I yeah. love all the stuff where you you roll that dice to make it either twice as good or kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. That's what, I'm, that's what I was uh, disappointed with with the Gloom Spike book because I used to always, in 8th edition, play uh, Orcs and Goblins and having the animosity and having your, your bolt throwers blow up because they were ramshackle or whatever it was and then mm. everything went wrong and it was brilliant. It was just... It was just, you were there for fun. You enjoyed yourself. Your opponent enjoyed it. They liked it as much as you if things went right. Most of the time, things didn't. Um, and that that's really it with the Skaven book, but it didn't come through with the Gloom Spike book. It, it, it's just or not the, got that. Or the Iron Jaws, is it really? Is it, or Bone Spike? No. There's, not, there's nothing crazy orky there yet, is there? No, they are real destruction. They're not, they're not like wild and fighting yeah. each other having them attack each other used to be hilarious where you'd just be about to do something your bloody trolls had failed the stupidity test and then <laughs> your your big tanky unit had just go and twat your other unit and it'd be like <laughs> everything goes wrong and it was hilarious but no none of that happens anymore okay so what have we got left uh upcoming events what's coming where are we follow the old world there are tickets aren't they for the old world, there's still a few left, I think. Um, I don't think there's many, but yeah, there's a. It's up in the high thirties, I think. So that's the middle of March. Sixteenth, seventeenth of March, Saturday, Sunday, two days, five games. So a month from now, pretty much. <clears throat> and Kev's going with pools as well, isn't he, for his missions? And he's he's going with the same scoring that you had at Tempest. Yeah, I think it's it sounds fairly similar. I think the pools are the same. I don't know if he's changed them or not. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, it looks pretty similar, similar recipe, which is cool. Um, so that's March, April. We have the sixth of April. So what's that? Three weeks later. Uh, yeah, it's on the weekend after one day. Uh, the Starling Wargamers one. Oh yeah, the Falkirk one. Oh, is that? Is, oh yeah, twenty third. Vengeance is it? Called? Vengeance. Yeah, that's yeah. It's on Facebook though for that one. I don't think it's on TGA. No, yeah. I've not. They, they don't tend to post on there. I've, I meant to add it. I've not added it yet um, because they've got a one later in the year as well. A doubles, I think, as well. So September, maybe. Um, so, yeah, one day, 23rd. Um, and then two weeks after that, then the double, John Craig's doubles. Yeah, the Twin Realms. Yeah. Twin Realms. So that's a one day, three games. That'll be fun. That'll be mad. It's quite a lot of uh, teams signed up to that as well, isn't there? 19. It's 19, 19, is it, has 19, 19, 19, 19 teams and he's got a spare. Oof, oh, nice, nice, nice. nice. Nah, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to that event. I've never done a doubles thing before, so that'll be good fun. No, I've not. It should be good fun. Yeah. And that's so that's April. Uh, and, and yeah, let me click into May here. Hold on. Da, da, da. Nothing in May. We're heat all two. a massive Exodus South. We've got yeah. Bobo and Heat 2, don't we? Yeah. When's Bobo? Two weeks after Heat 2, is it? 18th, yeah, 19th? 18th, yeah, 18th, 19th. Yeah, There's cool. quite a lot of us going down for that. 
Ooh, I'm tempted now. Seven, don't we? We've got seven going to. I've got a spare bed in my room, Scott. Have you? Oh, don't do that. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a triple room, and I've got it Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Kevin's in with us on the Sunday night, um, but the other nights, um, it's it's just me. The same weekend as my eighteenth, my eighteenth, well, my uh, thirtieth. Birthday party though, Scott. So if you go, you'll just not get an invitation. I'll not, <laughs> you'll not be invited. Uh, Why don't you have it at Bobo? Oh God, that probably end up it's what's it's thirtieth as well. <laughs> Do you know that the Saturday is uh, Adam Kunis's thirtieth as well? Yeah, I'm going to stay as far away from there as possible. Ah <laughs> uh, well, oh. well that's good. Uh, yeah. And then June. Um, there's more heats. It's heat three and there's the Six Nations. Six Nations, mm. first and second of June. Yeah, Krahavik's 15th, two weeks after Six Nations. Yeah. And July's Northern Invasion. Yes, there are uh, six tickets left. Six. Is that all? Only six? Yeah, we've got 44 sold. She's uh, I've not updated the list yet. Um, and I'm pretty sure I've I've also told people I'm going to hold them a ticket when I've been at an event <laughs> and I can't remember who they were. So if you're listening to this and I've promised you a ticket, let me know because we're going to run out really soon. Um, yeah, it's up to 44, so that's really good. Um, uh, it should be should be a good one. We've got we've got price support confirmed now. We've got um, uh, Dart Fantastic Mills are again sponsoring the scenery on our top table and that'll be the star prize in our free raffle for players um Ooh. those who don't know um who haven't been before um everybody who comes along we have a raffle and we always have done for the last four years and um this is the fourth one and then um basically everybody's name everybody who comes the name goes in a bowl and um we give away prizes at the end to to people so the star prize will be the the painted up scenery uh we've got the um the army painter oh my god yeah we've got a 22 (laughs) carat gold um paint and brush from the army painter along with one of their um full complete paint sets of all their paints uh, for wow. the the coolest army, so that's like I don't know, it's about 140 quid, I think the thing, and then there's the brush as well, so that's good. What um, you? Then we've got uh, <laughs> we've got what else have we got for that? We've got other stuff as well for the runners up, um, which I I've not got here yet, so I can't confirm, but I've been promised stuff. Um, Cromlech doing the best painted uh, general again, um, so they'll be giving a. 50 quid um voucher so that they can um so that whoever's warlord looks the best can uh can take that uh there are prizes in the wings for for the the reserves as well um our our guest bard um is josh reynolds so he's produced some pretty epic stuff um in the last few years and really helped with making Age of Sigmar as great as it is. So he's agreed. Um, thank you very much to uh, to judge the backstories. So this year it's going to be mandatory that everybody submits a backstory with their army list or else they won't get the points for their army list. 
so it doesn't have to be anything epic uh between 50 and 500 words it can be as basic as you need it can be in character just let your imagination go wild and and josh is gonna read through them all and we'll be able to announce that at the day and there'll be a prize there um uh from from josh uh these what else have we got sorted out already well obviously the bad be the badge of shame so aos shorts dan is uh going to be doing our um evaluation and he's going to be coming on and doing a podcast episode with us to talk through the lists and um picking the the bearer of the badge of shame and the best man who's got the the most themed list uh so that's nice of him um yeah we've got quite a lot on there's a lot there and there are still six tickets so if people are interested and they want to come up to sunny sterling um come join us it should be good uh tickets are 35 quid including lunch on both days breakfast donuts and odds are you'll we'll leave with something there'll there will be giveaways as well and there's a i think you guys have seen the uh the main prize it's not home yet so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna show any uh i'm not gonna spoil what that is just yet but it's still a few months so that'll be leaked soon i've cleared some space on the trophy cabinet for it (laughs) up there you wish (laughs) So no, no, it's going well and it's been a great, uh, great support and uh, we were hoping to stream things, but it's questionable, the technology. Um, so we might be just doing smaller things, but um, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're going to have some kind of, some kind of activity at the event and people will be able to keep in touch as it goes. So it should be good fun. And yeah, fifty tickets. So this is this is uh, the the biggest we've ever done before was forty two. Um, so I spoke to Steve who owns Common Ground, and he's he's comfortable with fifty. So we thought, well, why not? We'll we'll push it to its max and see how we do. So yeah, come join us. We're calling it a grand tournament, so it must be good. <laughs> that seemed to be the thing i noticed that i always thought a grand tournament was 100 or more and i started seeing some things called a grand tournament so it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek thing from myself to start with but <laughs> it seems to have helped with the sponsors so thanks it's guys relative. it's all relative yeah well so there's Pretty. not a first place prize of a grand oh, oh. <laughs> well you might win a thousand dice on a dice app <laughs> <laughs> oh it's good so oh, there you go that's northern invasion so that's that thanks for staying so, awake yeah so so thanks for listening to I'll, I'll try and edit things down but we are gonna chat with our um i'm gonna do a quick interview tomorrow and probably tag it onto the end of here with the winner of the um uh the one the the winner of the immortalized by the bards award last year um and he's going to come on and and have a chat about his army's backstory <laughs> and what's been happening over the last year. Um, Super. And he's gonna he's gonna talk to us about how Iron Jaws fighting against Iron Jaws goes. So there should be a bit of comedy in there. So I'll tag that on at the end. And for people who are are interested in a uh, the sort of the sort of backstories we're looking for that that makes everybody's everybody's experience that little bit more colourful, just listening. 
Did you have an update on the Patreon stuff as well? Uh, possibly. The end. <laughs> it was on the the list, and now I've I've drunk way too much to, to think <laughs> keep so. keep keep Patreoning. That's the update. Yeah, I have got I have ordered the loyalty the loyalty stuff. We did a a vote. Ooh. And it was ever so close. We did a vote on what people wanted. I was hoping that people had me and uh, me and Shane had decided. Uh, I think it was at Tempest that 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 tournament socks were the way forward. So we were going to podcast socks made. Um, so everybody could wear lucky socks because my daughter always makes me wear tournament socks. And I thought that that'd be good, but people didn't vote for it. So everybody wanted something functional for the gaming. So you're going to have to wait and see what you get. But um, I'll be sending out through Patreon. Northern Invasion dice up. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. Designed by Stu. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just dice. A box full of dice. (laughs) A box of dice. real dice. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that... There'll be a thing going out to our supporters. Thank you very much to them. Um, which will be getting their addresses so they can get things posted. Or if they really want to save us some cash, they can just pick them up from a, an upcoming tournament. But that'll be good. Um, what else was there? I think that's about it, really. There was other things, but it escapes me. And we'll be doing something else before Fall of the Old World, so I'll, I'll make some notes. <laughs> So that's that's it from me. We'll all, we'll all go and pick our favourite Valentine songs now, shall we? Oh, it's going to be a Valentine's one. Yeah, intermission. Welcome, Grant. Hello. Um, thanks very much for taking the time to join us and to have a quick chat. No, um, thanks for having me. No, it's grand. It's a, it's definitely a, our pleasure. So, um, for those that that don't know, uh, Grant's uh, something of a, a bit of a tournament regular up in up in Scotland, and um, uh, he, he was the winner of our Immortalised by the Bards uh, at Northern Invasion last year, um, and he's agreed. To, to come on and have a quick chat. So before we start, um, Grant, um, well, I suppose I should I should quickly let people know what the Immortalised by the Bards is. So what it is is, uh, since the first Northern Invasion, we've encouraged people to to write down um, I don't know things that take place during battles um, and to submit them. Um, it was inspired by the tales from the front thing that they did down at Warhammer World in the um, the official tournaments down there, um, and and we did that for a couple of years. And for the first couple of years, we had Guy Haley from um, from the Black Library, who was our uh, guest bard, who looked over the different stories. 
but in the second year we had a bit of a technical issue and and it got it was a bit of a problem emailing things uh things were coming in and trying to get uh an award granted so what we did last year was we um we only did it on day one and we encouraged people as well well people in fact just off their own back started submitting backstories um and and quite a a substantial um number of the people did and so we um we had a gav thorpe last year as our uh, as our guest bard and he uh, was kind enough to to provide a a signed book for the winner and whatnot and okay. we sent off all the uh all the backstories as well as the tales we got on the day and um and yours was was the winner mm-hmm. yeah, so i was as surprised as everyone else no no it was it was it was a it was a good one definitely lots of effort there but i suppose before we go into it and things do you want to just say who you are i don't know how you got into aos or what you've played in the past and what you like about the game yeah, so um yeah, my name's Grant Moody. I am a I'm I'm that guy from Aberdeen that tries very hard and doesn't do very well. Um uh, and in sharp contrast to the other guys from Aberdeen that you will find at the top end of the tables, I'm normally towards the bottom end. Um I started well I, I got into Age of Sigmar it was just after it came out, because I've been, I've been playing Warhammer since I was about 12 years old, which is longer ago than I'd care to admit. <laughs> and um, I kind of, uh, trying to think, I was pl- I was playing Orcs and Goblins till about 6th, 7th edition. And then I kind of packed it all in. And then I have this old metal dwarf army that my cousin gave me. I'm given to understand that a lot of people tend to have old dwarf armies that are, you know, do more damage and if, if you put them in a sock and hit someone with them than actually with the models. <laughs> but um yeah, just one night turned to I, I asked uh Kevlo if he would give me a demo game and it kind of just went from there. Um I started off with dwarves. They went quite well but then I decided that you know I'm I'm quite guilty of playing good guy armies. So I decided that I was going to do something a bit different for Age of Sigmar. The Flesh Eater Courts had just come out in first edition Age of Sigmar, so I thought, that's great, I can do them. And turns out they weren't very good, and I kept them for two years straight. And uh, rather bizarrely, I only actually won something with them in their final tournament. Uh, said Northern Invasion last last year, where I uh, won Best Death General, because that was before the Nagash book came out. And uh, yeah, after getting hammered by Iron Jaws army, decided you know what, I'm going to play Iron Jaws instead, and that's where we kind of stand. You're uh, just before you you move on there. You're uh, your flesh eaters guys, and I can't remember his name, but what didn't he? <laughs> I remember you submitting that list, and uh, and every character was named. And was there a a, a pomplemousse? What was yeah, the guy? Yeah, it was. Uh, it, was it was. So I kind of. Read the fluff and decided, right, so basically the um, the flesh of courts are essentially a bunch of batshit crazy cannibal Bretonians. Sorry, John Harper. But um, so decided that I was going to give them all names that in French meant little or not little or no sense. So there was um, the Ghoul King was Gargo de Pamplemousse, which, um, which according to Google Translate tells me means grapefruit diner. Um, one of his one of his uh, courtiers was a uh, electric waffle toaster. Um, there was another one that was a, uh, I'm sure it was like cheeseburger cheeseburger bike or something like that. It was just random words thrown together that sounded vaguely sort of interesting in French. 
It, it, I remember uh, that it got a, a close second that year. Um, yeah. And yeah. It, it, it got a, a, an honourable mention, um, but but some, some gamey so-and-so um, snatched it from you, didn't they? Yeah, ob- obviously. Um, <laughs> that, um, yeah, that, well, well, let's 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 call them L Watt or uh, <laughs> Liam W with his uh, filthy filthy gamesmanship. Uh, won it ahead of me. I'm not bitter about it. Honest. Um, I didn't I didn't devote myself devote the next year of fluff pieces to uh, trying to outdo him or anything like that. But um, but yeah, so it's kind of you know it's I, I actually fact that actually got mentioned in my uh in the fluff piece that i submitted can you uh remember the uh the backstory that you gave to well, give a bit of a, a a background to your army oh i i've actually got it written down here it's almost like it was prepared um, oh well <laughs> i've 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 continued said story but for um for brevity's sake i'll not go through all three chapters but if you want i can just read it in full just now if you want you can do yeah so the bit that I submitted last time, um, this is the uh, Ballad of McGurk the Neck Stomper. So McGurk the Neck Stomper is the name of my mega boss. so taken because um, I was under the impression that Dan McGurk was Chuck Norris's character in Missing in Action. And he comes out with a line in the film where he says, I don't step on toes, I step on necks. Later found out that his name is actually James Braddock, but Braddock doesn't sound very orky, so I just kept McGurk. Um, <laughs> so the story goes, um, looking over the barren plains of Shyish, McGurk the Neck Stomper, so-called for his penchant for stomping on necks, turned to his second-in-command, Crom Face Basher, so-called for his penchant for bashing faces, and said, the best thing about this realm of death is that everything is dead, so you can duff it up, wait a bit, then it's back up to get duffed some more. Idly playing out the drum solo to Hot for Teacher, a song taught to him by a free guild drummer in exchange for only eating one of his arms, Crom replied, Yeah, boss, but the boys is getting upset, there's nothing DOS to eat. All we got is bones and dead things. There's no sauce to bring everything together. McGurk was badly in need of a scrap. He had led his boys into Shyish in pursuit of Gargo de Pamplemousse, a ghoul king who had travelled to the cold frigid north some months previous, and had spent the following months calling himself the best death general. Confronting Gargo, McGurk took sympathy on the delusional ranting king and is lamenting of how the bards of the north had chosen to immortalise a tale of filth and gamesmanship over Gargo's triumph against three Jabberslithes. Sensing the poor creature's sorrow, McGurk only pulled his legs off before feeding to his maw crusher, Face Fester, so called for its penchant for smashing its fists into faces. It was If this was the best that death had to offer, then Shyish was McGurk's for the taking. What he didn't bank on was the rise of Nagash and his legions. Everywhere the next stompers went, they saw Nagash. Sometimes in purple, sometimes in grey, sometimes in nickel ad oxide because people are lazy and three-colour paintings are minimum. The only time McGurk ever saw the Lord of Deathfall was when he made the mistake of underestimating a mangler squig. The biggest problem was that McGurk had lost his bearings and couldn't find the realm gate home. So now he and his boys jumped from realm to realm, hoping that this jump might be the jump home. And that was obligatory fluff piece one. No, it was uh, it was really good. It was uh, it was well well received, and I think that the uh, it was obviously light hearted and whatnot. But I think that the um, in the judging they made mention of you, you know, um, uh, breaking the fourth barrier, talking about the painting. I remember that being wow. part of the uh, uh, the the sum up. And and if you do listen to the episode that's entitled um, 
Northern Invasion winners and losers. Um, there is uh, a full review of the what the judges said about that. So, so I do encourage people to to listen back over there. So, so what's uh, what's been happening since? What what's the army been up to over the last uh, <laughs> the last twelve months? I mean, just it's worth letting people know that you have the um, the battalion that allows you to bring this realm gate. So it is yeah, really so. Uh, linked with the with the army. So, so what have they been up to then? Um, yeah, so surprisingly little. Um, I don't actually get that that many games to play, and most of them are played against the same two or three people in Aberdeen. So um, since then, um, after the Northern Invasion, um, they came across the uh, Army of Filth, which, uh, if you go back to Northern Invasion last year, was a, was a, was a yellow-clad force of order made up of stunties, lizards, pointy ears on dragons, and a massive snake lady. So filthy that every single warrior in it carried soap. Um, that that didn't go very well, um, no. suffice to say. There's a reason that army's filthy. Um, after that, um, I didn't really do anything with them, actually, and took several months off to go and work on my 40k army. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but um, kind of just kept painting little bits and pieces and uh, was ready to take them to Winter War down in Dunfermline, but that didn't happen. So... Um, so decided that uh, for the purpose of plot and for getting something to do with my boys, decided that the next stompers were put into WA therapy, into WA therapy, where they try to smash and bash through their problems and figure out why they can't win. <laughs> so um, apart from that, um, yeah, I, I, the, I maybe had two, three games over the course of the year. I didn't win anything. Um, then the start of the year came round and. Uh, Good old uh, old McGurk has heard word of this war boss named Callihan, who took a wine to a tempest <laughs> and duffed up several armies who didn't expect it. So uh, McGurk, having newly aligned his chakras and found a newfound inner peace, uh, approached Callihan and sought advice from the wizened uh, mega boss. And uh, apart from the uh, mega, apart from the shaman crunk teeth ripper. The weird knob shaman who has never done anything and now never will do anything because he's uh, not on the list anymore. <laughs> um, then they came down to uh, Hammer of the North, where Hammer of the North, uh, several strange things happened. Um, first of all, it snowed. Um, <laughs> secondly, I, I managed to win two games out of three. Um, Thirdly, I managed to beat Kev Lowe, who has taken me the best part of three years, about 20-plus games and five tournaments to actually beat Kev Lowe at any game of Age of Sigmar. So um, I've been very humble about it. I only remind him a couple of times a week. And it is him that had the uh, the filthy list as well, isn't it? Because he was the, the bearer of the badge of shame it, at the last it, Northern Invasion, and that was his, his horrible mixed order filth list wasn't it mm-hmm. yep and uh, this time I beat his uh, Stormcast filth list with his 20 Evocators and Gavriel Surecharge so it was, a, it was a minor victory but the fact it was a victory at all is an achievement in itself but who knew that Iron Jars were going to become such a big thing in AOS too <sighs> same <laughs> that's it it's a uh, you know I was, I was speaking to um, Johnny Ford the guy that I played in the second game with the uh, now infamous Jaws Off <laughs> and uh, he was saying the same thing that it's like out of nowhere it seems to be you know there's people that have been playing it but it's just kind of all of a sudden there's a lot more kind of you know focus on it and people are starting to realise you know it's this command point stack and thing if it wasn't for that it wouldn't be you know 
you know, if you if you stacking command points and putting on the realm artifacts, you're kind of what I've made I've made the Iron Jaws of Force again, you know? Yeah, and, and Mr. Callihan that you were talking about there, he notoriously uh spammed um Waz onto uh, some brutes and gave them something like was it nine attacks or something, plus nine? Uh, well well, I uh said game against Kevin Lowe, I had uh plus eight attacks for everything. So my unit of 10 brutes had 127 attacks against his Evocator mob. It's, it's madness. So yeah. so now the, the game that you said against uh, against Johnny there, do you, want to, do you want to talk people through just how why that was so crazy and, and what, what came to light as we, as I remember it unfolding a few tables down yeah, from? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, we'll say, I've I, I then played another Iron Jaws army with my Iron Jaws army, first of all. And then... Um, we realised we were playing each other. We kind of just said from the get-go, we'll just have a scrap. Um, I was still riding high on the fact that I'd actually managed to win the previous game. Um, so we said, we're just going to have a scrap, see what happened. Um, so we set up and everyone kind of were just kind of nervously facing off against each other. It was going to kind of boil down to whichever Megaboss, you know, which Megaboss blinked first, except mine was in a mask and his only had one eye. So it was going to be kind of hard to figure that out. But... Um, yeah, we kind of got into it, and then he just kind of turned around and said to me, it's like, do the rules affect friendly Iron Jaws models? We kind of looked at each other, we hummed and hayed, we read the books, double-checked with John Harper. It turns out it's all Iron Jaws models. So it means that when I throw plus eight attacks onto all my brutes, his brutes get them too. <laughs> and uh, plus eight attacks on my hard boys, plus eight attacks on his hard boys. Um, so it basically boiled down to us taking just like handfuls of dice and just pinging them across the board. So over the course of about four, four, maybe two turns, four rounds of combat, between us we went through about, it must have been about 12 command points or something like that. Because we both had the Ether Quartz brooch, so we're getting them back and we're throwing them into everything. So um, so we're just kind of throwing handfuls of dice at each other and uh, just kind of giggling like school children. As you know, we're sitting there going, right, so that's my Megabot. So my Maw Crusher has now got 12 attacks with his mighty fists. And uh, so these four hard boys here, they're going to do 48 attacks and all this kind of nonsense. It was just... It, <laughs> it was, was just, just really... supercharged arcs, wasn't oh, it? They were just it was, absolutely wild. It was mental. And it was like... And the, the pair of us were just kind of sitting there. We were just kind of like... It was just... It was just so, it was just the ridiculousness of it, you know? It was like, we're sitting there with like these handfuls of dice and we're giggling like school kids at each other. It's like, right, so I'm going to do this, so we're going to do that. And then, of course, with the smashing and bashing rule, um, you kill one of your opponent's units, you get to fight again. So you do that until such point that you can no longer smash and bash. Then your opponent gets to fight. And if they kill one of your units, they get to smash and bash. So it basically boiled down to us. We're basically just... We're, it, was, it was almost like sort of I'll fight, you'll fight. I'll move, you'll move because my mega boss had a thing that meant I could charge in his in his charge phases, um, and it all kind of boiled down to basically it just kind of boiled into just us taking turns rolling dice. There was no kind of turn order by the end of it because I was I was like doing multiple combats in his, he was doing them in mine, and we had huge amounts of dice that were buffing each other. So you know if he spent a command point, I got the benefit just as much. So we kind of reached a gentleman's agreement where we just throw command points in for each other for the for the sake of it. Um, it was all going it was all going reasonably well, and then his weird knob shaman comes out with foot of gork, which of course also gets the bonus for plus one casting for all the iron jaws within ten inches. So mine buffed his foot of gork as well. 
So I'm sitting there realising that I'm probably about to lose my Mega Boss, but he rolled a one for the mortal wound. So we took that as uh, Gork reaching down and likely patting my Mega Boss on the head, telling him that he was doing a good job and just to keep the combat going. So, yeah, it was just... It was just a sort of really fun game. It was kind of all sense of sort of kind of tactic and playing to the mission and everything was out the door. And it was just us kind of just knocking lumps out of each other's models, you know? Yeah, it's just, it is proper orky. It's the way it should be with a, a good destruction army. So, so I think it's, it may be a loop or uh, some kind of an oversight in the rules. But to be honest, if it isn't, it's genius. It's, it's <laughs> beautiful. It's, it's, a thing, it's a thing of beauty. And we've kind of... It's like, I'd never met Johnny before this, but we kind of hit it off. And he said, to, and we've said that, you know, if we ever find ourselves at a one-day tournament again, we're going to grudge each other because it has to be kind of a regular thing where we just sit there and just throw dice at each other and kind of, you know, roll huge amounts of attacks and buff each other and everything. It was just, it was just so much fun. <laughs> no, it sounded it. And I was playing an Iron Jaws player at the same time, so... Uh... I, I really do I appreciate just how, how nasty, if you if you get the, the stacking of the wars. Thankfully for me, my opponent didn't fall quite as lucky, but um, but yeah, they are a force to be reckoned with, and, you know, mm-hmm. they, they pack a big punch, and those brutes, are, they're absolutely, well, scary as. That's it. It's the, um, after, after that tournament, I have this newfound kind of, joie de vie for them i guess i can't think of a better word um i'm just i've got so much more kind of enthusiasm for them and not that i would ever stop playing them but you'd always have this kind of resignation that you'd go in and do okay but now i'm kind of you know this army might actually you know be able to do things and you know i'm uh yeah it's, it's just kind of that 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 one day tournament and that one game was kind of just twisted like they're completely kind of just twisting me around on my opinion of that army <laughs> so do you have any other uh, projects or armies that you're working on at the moment or are you really sort of devoting the year to the Iron Jaws well see I I, I have the only other Age of Sigma arm I have are my um, square based dwarves um, those of a certain age will remember when you used to be able to walk into a shop and get a box of eight plastic dwarves for a fiver <laughs> yeah, all, all in the same pose plastic shield Um I've got about 80 of them that I'll need to rebase at some point if I ever want to use them. And I just can't bring myself to do it. So apart from that, I am painting terrain pieces. I bought the, uh, I've got the ship from the Deepkin that I'm working on just now. And currently painting squigs, all the colours of the Power Rangers. <laughs> Are you thinking of taking some squigs? Can you take them as allies with Iron Jaws? Or is it? Is it yes, but they're two yeah. projects. What what I was, was I had this all kind of planned out before the gloom spike gits came out because uh, the thing that the thing that was pointed out to me was that the Iron Jaws army basically needs to run at stuff, and if you're playing a mission where you need to hold something, you need to hold an objective in your own territory, you, the cheapest thing you've got is an eighty point war chanter, who really shouldn't be standing on an objective. He should be up there getting the plus one on stuff. So with the spare points I had left, I originally had it down as two units of squig herders, which would have been 40 points and no problem. But then they changed the rules for the squig herds. Yeah. So I'm left with all these squigs and nothing to do with them. So I thought I might as well paint them. So my army now comprises two snotling bases (laughs) who came down to uh, Hammer the North and over the course of three games knocked a wound off a storm fiend and I think maybe a wound off an hard boy. That was about it. But for 40 points, I don't really need them to do anything else apart from sitting objectives. So, 
Oh, that's good. It's good they've got a roll, and yeah, 40 points, it's neither here nor there if they don't do anything oh, else, is it? The only thing is it does turn my army into a three-drop, oh, well, which that's... I didn't think would be a big deal, but of course my first game was against uh, Clan Skyer, which was the army was a two-drop, so it's uh-huh. like, oh well. <laughs> and then uh, playing Johnny, his army was a one-drop, so... And, uh, yeah, eventually the third game against Kevin, I finally managed to actually, you know, make the most of having a low number of drops, but gave him the first turn anyway. So in the end of it, it didn't really matter. <laughs> so are you, uh, I've, I'm, you, you'd said that you were thinking of coming to defend your um, your title as uh, the the immortalised by the Bards this year. Are we, yeah. we going to see you at Northern Invasion? And Yeah, absolutely. I've... Uh... <coughs> Yeah, um, I'm down for coming. I I am in the middle of crafting more fluff <laughs> for about what's going on and what's happened since. So there's a there's quite a long chapter about what happened at uh, Hammer of the North and the uh, the jaws off and this kind of thing. So <laughs> so yeah, well, we'll we slight- see what happens. We're slightly changing things this year, but for for people who've um who are, who are coming along, um, we are going to be. Uh, making it mandatory this year that that backstories are are um, submitted with with your lists, so people need to include the backstory, um, some kind of narrative to their army. They always have to have a named warlord, because there are some sort of semi-narrative elements to the the weekend where you can get bonus points for your um, your general doing certain things. Um, and this year, yeah, we're for people to get the points for submitting the lists on time. They're also going to have to put. Uh, not much effort um, for the people who don't want to uh, put too much effort in. They don't have to go wild. We're just asking for between fifty and five hundred words. So, so those, who re- yeah, those who really want to put something in. But equally, I don't want our guest bard to be spending um, too long having to go through because we've got um, fifty uh, fifty places this year. It's going to be the biggest one we've ever done, awesome. and we're we're not doing the um, the submission during games this year. Um, which is why I'm making it mandatory for the backstories. And that is just so that um, because the lists are going to be due in two weeks before, it's going to give our judge a full couple of weeks to go through them and to pick the favourite. Um, so so we're really encouraging people to do that. I'm sure people will. Um, and how much effort they put ends up to them. Uh, but no, we're really looking forward to, uh, to, to seeing what people have to say. So our... Uh, Bard this year, our judge, we're really lucky. Is um, it's Josh Reynolds, so he's done some pretty amazing books um, over the last couple of years. Uh, I've just finished Soul Wars, which is is one of my favourites so far, um, and there's a, a bunch of other ones um, that that I've been I've I've read over the time um, uh, through the Realm Gate Wars and and beyond. So I'm really happy, and he's keen, and he's he's looking forward to reading them all and to choosing a winner. Um, hope, he, hope he gets my sense of humour then. Oh, I'm sure he will. <laughs> I'm working all the time. I've got 1,800 words of fluff written right now. That's going to be a bit of trimming. That's it. I, I was listening to um, to Jarvis Johnson's podcast uh, episode on the boat a couple of days ago, and he, he was talking, as he often does, uh, when you're our age and you've heard him say it a few times about killing your darlings. So you'll have to, uh, you'll have to get the, the red pen out and edit it. Um, fine. I might, I might, I might write something new and shiny, and you can yeah. have a director's cut. Though we yeah, are going to do, we are going to do a special episode um, 
on the narratives for those people who are interested and who want to hear them where we'll we'll go through and we'll we'll get the feedback from uh, from Josh and and um, for those people who are, are interested in that side of the game which I really am um, we'll be able to uh, to shed a little bit more light on on the creative side of the hobby and the where people let their imaginations go so hopefully you'll, you'll join us on that maybe yeah, absolutely. If you if you have me back, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, no, definitely. That's the thing. I, I I agree with you about the narrative side of thing. I I do the narrative thing because it's one of the few things in Age of Sigmar I'm actually good at. So I can uh, I can write a fluff piece apparently quite well. So it's just especially it works better with like destruction armies because there is that you can have that element of silliness to it. You yeah. know, like even I things like. Dumb names and you know destruction armies and grots and this kind of thing. There's a lot. It's a lot easier to do than say stormcast or demons. You know. Yeah. Well, my first, my first uh, love and my first army in um, fantasy was um, orcs and goblins, and I had a a, a grot shaman called troll kicker that a lot of people have played and will remember fondly. But um, he was my uh, seventh and eighth edition um, shaman. And he got his name because uh, I always used to run um, an, an art great shaman with a unit of stone trolls and uh, the grot great shaman with them as well because you needed somebody to babysit them for stupidity. And um, every time the great shaman that was a big point sink, um, you used to put uh, fences blades on them and you used to do this, that and the other and everybody will know the build. But inevitably, they failed their um, they failed the stupidity test, and I lost my big caster. But troll kicker never never failed stupidity, and he constantly kept those trolls in line. So he, he kind of developed from there, and um, and he had this thing where he never attacked anybody. So even through Age of Sigma, um, when people used to attack him, um, I used to retreat him out of combat rather than hit, or I'd just refuse to attack. And it's back when you could back in the um, yeah. in the first edition, and uh, I remember playing against Andy Curry and well a couple of other people as well, and and they're just like, well, is he going to swing? And I'm like, oh no no, he he's a he's a lover, not a fighter. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't attack people. Um, so he, he, that was his thing, and I suppose as as uh, and it still happens with me when when things happen in a game that stick in my mind, it adds a bit of character to a certain model, and then I play them slightly differently in games. Especially with the green skins, because you can you can do that, and I find that as well with some death models. Like you'll get a, a cowardly necromancer, or you'll get a, a lunatic vampire, <coughs> and um, yeah, you can just play them in character rather yeah. than competitively. And yeah. you know, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. That was one of the things I liked about the original rules when they came out. You know, the whole thing about um, if, if you if you spoke to Conrad von Karsten, or if you spoke if Conrad spoke back. Yeah. Or uh, if your beard was longer than your opponent's for your dwarf ancient, and yeah. all these kind of things. Like uh, the first tournament I came down to was the Northern Invasion 2017, when those rules were still in effect. I don't think they were being used for tournaments, but I've still got my book of grudges from Thorgrim Grudgebearer. <laughs> um, there's there's three names in that that you know never forget, never surrender. But um, <laughs> but I, I I liked those kind of fun little elements to it, and you know, yes, it's kind of moved on from that, and it is you know a separate thing now. But you know, it's just these things like they add a bit of character to the army, you know. Yeah, 
I think that's one of the things I tried to do with with Northern Invasion is mm-hmm. is just have these other elements of it that are giving people that like a different side of the game something to to play for and turn up for and be involved with. And uh, no, I really appreciate it. I get just as much uh, enjoyment from reading backstories and hearing about the the crazy things that happen in games as as actually the people who win and then tell me the tactics they used and things. So, so no, uh, keep it up. It's it's really good fun, and it it Thanks makes it makes my tournaments better. <laughs> yeah, so, so when... have you got any have you got any tips for people about what they should do to to grow their narrative and, and what, what you think the benefits are for them? I see. I'm. I guess the benefits I have I have invested in that Iron Jaws army. I, I have no intention of getting rid of them anytime soon. If I do decide to do another Age of Sigma, it'll probably be an addition to I'm not going to sell this army. There's just been so much going on with them and I've invested so much time in them and this kind of thing. Yeah. And I guess we're kind of how to build the fluff. I mean, mine, the fluff of my army came from everything. Um, Gab Gabthorpe made reference to uh, I'm, basically ripping, I'm basically ripping off Quantum Leap. Yeah. <laughs> For bits of it, um, there's a sort of recurring thing through some of the other fluff about my um, my war chanter. Apparently, is a bit of a culinary genius and keeps making these random cooking references. Um, so it's all like this. It's all about the army. So I guess my um, when I did the flesh eater courts, it was all French and just random names to make them sound mental in French. Um, it just takes a bit of time for you to kind of find out. So most of my most of my story about my um, Iron Jaws is how incompetent they are, and how I fail to cast spells, and how my Mega Boss goes games where he doesn't do anything, and this kind of thing. And that's what I, you know, that's the thing I take from the games. And yes, it is a game, and you know, you play to kind of be, you know, you play to be competitive. I don't, don't necessarily play to win. As long as I enjoy the game, I don't really care if I lose. But um, it's all a case of kind of finding something and kind of focusing on it, and you know, building building it from there. You know, it could be just something minor and just kind of taking it and just kind of it builds up and up and up. I mean, my general's name has come around from a complete mistake, to say because I, I got the cat, I got the Chuck Norris's character's name wrong, but it just kind of stuck. And I'm, you know, I wouldn't change it now because Braddock the next stomper doesn't really sound very orky. <laughs> but um, I'm at the stage now where I'm taking liberties with other people's. With other people's fluff, um, to the point of when I when I I've got a fluff piece for my old um, forty k army. My old forty k army was an Imperial Fist successor chapter called the Delta Guard, and uh, at that point uh, I was I, I came I played a lot of armies. I was playing a list that had a Bloodthirster in it. I just think it was three Bloodthirsters. And uh, I was playing Kevin, actually, and he never bothered naming his general, so I did and named him Gnarly Hotep. <laughs> so that was it, Gnarly Hotep, the uh, the bloodthirster. Um, it's like Google Translate is your friend for these kind of things and get these little things that sound quite cool but mean something different. Like my admec, Dominus, is named Dominus uh, Magnus Princeps, which is actually Latin for the big boss man. <laughs> and... You know, if people get it, they get it. But it's just these little Easter eggs that kind of just, you know, add that little bit of personality and touch to the game, you know? Yeah, no, I think that's the thing, the depth of it. And you really, it becomes unique to your army. And, and you know, it's uh, you become very attached to it well, when you do these sorts of things. So That's it. See, the colour scheme as well for my armies. I, I have absolutely no say in my colour schemes for my armies. I've got a bright purple Iron Jaws army, and that's because my wife would only let me buy it if she got to pick the colour scheme, so she picked purple. <laughs> It's also yeah. why my it's also why my Admech army is bright pink. 
Yeah, I think I think that's I've got a similar thing. That's why my silver nephew purple as well. Yeah. It's uh, you, you have to make these concessions when yeah. you have wives. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to know I'm not the only one. I, I, I drew the line when she said I should uh, cover the more crushing glitter, but um, <laughs> well, I, I means- allowed. I allowed my child to name all my characters in my eighth edition army when she back when she was a really really young one, and I found it was really useful when you were playing a game when you could tell somebody when they said they were about to charge somebody. You said, "Oh, that's that's Kitty," and they go, "What?" I said, "Oh, that's that's my daughter's favourite. She's only five. <laughs> like, oh, um, maybe I won't charge Kitty then. <laughs> just think, just yeah. think what you'll do to my child, the emotional trauma you'll cause. Yeah. So it's good fun, and I'm I'm bringing her down for the doubles event. Um, she's ten now, so and she'll be eleven uh, very soon. So she's uh she's coming to start playing, and no doubt okay. she'll uh, she'll be able to beat me soon. But, well, I'll, yeah. I'll probably I'll probably see her on the bottom tables. <laughs> <laughs> so are you um are you coming to follow the old world in yeah in Mar- yeah uh-huh. yeah I'm coming coming down with Kev. I I haven't changed the list at all. Um, I'm you know. It's it's not broken, so I don't see why I should fix it. Yeah, so it should be, you know, it'll be a good week. It'll be a good weekend. I look forward to uh, seeing how it flies and, you know, trying to play someone that isn't Stormcast or Undead. Oh, well, well, I'll I'll look forward to a game if we get one. I won't yeah. look forward to the um to the brutes. I'll know to stay well away from them. But well, they move a lot faster than you think as well. Those big chunky arcs. So <laughs> you, you you say that it's all uh, it's all the Iron Fist where you get your free D six move a turn. But you see that entire day. Yeah, I think the most I ever rolled on that dice was a three. <laughs> there was one game. Uh, I think it was actually the Jaws off. Uh, I managed to get a grand total of five inches out of that out of that free move over <laughs> over the entire game. And that's things like that that you remember. You know these little things. Where you um you know where just the dice never land the way they want you know yeah definitely like my game against Kevin Stormcast apart from dropping a hundred twenty seven attacks on a, a unit of evocators the other thing I remember is I'm rolling five four ones with five attacks with his um Celestine Prime yeah <laughs> yeah he was I've, I've got I've got a photo of those dice just oh, as a just just as a little reminder I think that's that's pretty consistent across all Celestine primes um, I've I fought them I fought one at um Hammer of the North as well and and he rolled a, a similar amount of ones but I think that was more on his saves than anything but yeah well well thank you very much for joining us and I, nope. uh, I I'll see you at Fall of the Old World and yeah. um and, and keep it going. You're uh <laughs> you're a credit and I'm looking forward to seeing what the uh, the backstory is at Northern Invasion. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. All right then, see you soon, Grant. Catch you later, see you. Cheers. Bye.
surprises, let me know she cares Say it ain't so